All right. What's good, y'all? Hope everybody is well. What's the word? What's up, Brother Damon? Brother Malika, what's happening? I know it was a last-minute notification for this one, so... Uh, people forgot I was going today, so I apologize for that. Sometimes it's... Um, last-minute change that'll throw off your whole little day. Anyway. Alright, what's up, Ron? Hmm. Okay, let me get this thing together. Hope everybody is well. Welcome to the Onyx Report. What's going on, Taylor? Um... Yeah, we got some stuff to talk about today. Some interesting little scenarios jumping off that I think uh, are worthy of some reflection. Right? Nevertheless, welcome to the Onyx Report, where we as black male justice advocates uplift black men and boys using critical analysis. Um, so shout out to y'all. Let me get the kind of house business out the way. We can get it going. Y'all know what it is. Support the channel. If in, if you can, please make sure you do. There's a number of ways you can go about doing so. Uh, you can do so through YouTube. Uh, you can join and subscribe. Do that right below the video. Um, or you can go to Patreon um, and support the show that way. And of course, on YouTube, there are levels of memberships. So you can look into that. We appreciate any support you can extend. What's up, Drew? What's up, Rashid? Kwame? 1D? What's happening? Hope everybody's well. Yeah. Been a little bit of a crazy week so far. A lot of things jumping off. Um, trying to stay on top of them all, so to speak. But it is what it is. So, trying to get it together. I'm not going to be on all night. Um, it's that part of the year where they come pick up junk. So I'm trying to throw a bunch of stuff uh, out there and make sure I catch the truck uh, while the sun, hopefully, isn't completely down by the time uh, I get out there. But we'll see. What's going on, Adam? Good to see you, man. All right. Hope everybody's well. Um, all right. So let's get into it a little bit. I'm going to start today. Uh, with a sacred black masculine series, um, a couple things I want to I want to shout out. Uh, normally, as a matter of fact, uh, the first one I was going to cover would normally be a shout out, but uh, because of his contributions, I had to put him in the sacred black masculine series segment. Because literally, I just found out about an hour ago that one of my heroes, uh, Melvin Van Peebles, has passed away. And uh, man, man, I I did not want to hear that, man. I, I mean, we got soldiers going down for real right now, and uh, it hurt my heart. What's up, Lee's Ways and Golden Child? What's going on? Uh, you guys know what it is. You see the Patreon, the Cash App, the PayPal, the Venmo. Please support the channel uh, so that we can continue to uh, bring forth uh, what we may bring forth. But anyway, yeah, man. Uh, this one hurt. This one definitely hurt. You know, 
Um, okay. Um, let me see what's up, Tyrone. Oh yeah, Damon. I I didn't know Black is is you know I have to you have to send it to me uh, when Black Uru Strike is is knocking it out and tell me where in the video it is because sometimes these streams will be three four hours. It's hard to know. Um, but yo, Melvin has been a hero of mine. I've been using his films in my classes uh, for decades, um, uh, showing stuff, talking about his contribution. Um, I was a little young for Sweet Sweetback's badass song, his original piece, groundbreaking piece. Um, but I've shown it in class. And then I've also shown his son Mario's film, um, Sweetback, that talks about the making of Sweet Sweetback's badass song. Uh, and it helps you gain some appreciation. Appreciate that support, uh, Tab Licker. Thank you. Um, but yeah, just... Uh, you know, Sweetback talks about the making of Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song and, and the kind of struggle that uh, Melvin uh, went through to get that film up. Um, but nevertheless, um, I've always appreciated him and his work. But uh, yeah, he has passed at 89 years old. Uh, so let me uh, share a few things um, about him. You can find a piece on his passing on The Hollywood Reporter. Just came out uh, like an hour ago. Uh, or a couple hours, actually. Um, nevertheless, let me share a few things about the brother. Uh, Melvin Van Peebles, pioneering African-American auteur behind the 1970s uh, films Waterman Watermelon Man and Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, has died. He was 89 years old. Van Peebles, the father of actor-director Mario Van Peebles, died Tuesday night at his home in Manhattan. His family, the Criterion Collection, and Janus Films announced his death in a statement. In an unparalleled career distinguished by relentless innovation, boundless curiosity, and spiritual empathy, Melvin Van Peebles made an indelible mark on the international culture. Appreciate that support, MLR. Thank you. Um, indelible mark on the international cultural landscape through his films, novels, plays, and music, the statement read. His work continues to be essential and is being celebrated at the New York Film Festival this weekend with a 50th anniversary screening of his landmark film, Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, a Criterion Collection box set, Melvin Van Peebles' Essential Films, next week, and a revival of his play, Ain't Supposed to Die a Natural Death, slated for a return to Broadway next year. Considered by many to be the godfather of modern Black cinema, Van Peebles was an influential link to a younger generation of African-American filmmakers that includes Spike Lee and John Singleton. Chicago native also was a novelist, theater impresario, songwriter, musician, and painter. Van Peebles uh, was living in Paris when the first feature he wrote and directed, The Story of a Three-Day Pass, attracted attention and put him on the radar of Columbia Pictures. The studio selected him to direct Watermelon Man in 1970, a racial satire that starred Godfrey Cambridge as Jeff Gerber, a bigoted white insurance salesman who goes to the bathroom in his suburban home in the middle of the night and discovers he's black. Very few African-Americans were directing in Hollywood at the time. On the strength of that movie's success, Columbia offered Van Peebles a three-picture deal, but wanted no part of his pro of his next project, Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, okay. uh, in 1971. Helped by a $50,000 loan from Bill Cosby, he wrote, directed, produced, scored, and edited the renegade film while starring as its anti-hero, a ladies' man with superhero love-making abilities who battles the corrupt white establishment in Los Angeles. 
Um, and the film actually starts with the character um, um, having sex uh, at a, I think he was like 12, 13, maybe. can't remember. He was very young and, uh, of course, with a grown woman. So it's interesting. It's an interesting testament to the black male experience in some respects. Anyway, um, Van Peebles made Sweet Back in 19 days for a reported $500,000. It opened in only two venues in Atlanta and Detroit but fueled by strong word of mouth from working class African-Americans and a soundtrack of music performed by Earth, Wind & Fire, the picture raked, uh, raked in more than $10 million, making it the highest grossing independent film in history at the time. Opening credits note that the star of the film is the black community. Right. Uh, 1997 book about the movie, Mario notes in the introduction that his father was forced to self-finance constantly on the brink of ruin his crew got arrested and jailed, death threats, and yet at first he refused to submit his film to the all-white MPAA ratings board for approval. The film then received an automatic X rating. My dad, true to form, printed t-shirts that read rated X by an all-white jury and made it a part of his marketing campaign. New York Times called Van Peebles the first black man in show business to beat the white man in his own game and Sweetback ushered in the black exploitation era in Hollywood. Before his film, Shaft was going to be a white detective, he said. After Sweetback, Van Peebles brought Ain't Supposed to Die a Natural Death, his musical about Black urban life, to, to Broadway and received Tony nominations for Best Book and his Best Original Score in 1972. Uh, a year later, uh, he received another book. Um, let's see. Hmm. Okay, another book nom for Don't Play as Cheap, centering on a devil who attempts to break up a party in Harlem. Two musicals garnered nine Tony nominations in all. Uh, Van Peebles also directed a 1973 film version of Don't Play as Cheap, as well as the action comedy Identity Crisis in 1989, which starred his son. That's one of the things I always liked about uh, Van Peebles. He definitely would employ his own children um, and put them in things, whether they knew the, the, the value of that or not. And Mario would follow the form. So there are actually several generations of Ann Peebles who are in the film industry on the strength of Melvin's uh, work. Right. Uh, let me see. He helmed and appeared with Mario and Posse, 1993, a Western about African-American soldiers who mutiny against their racist, white, uh, their racist white officer and contributed a song, Cruel Jim Crow, to the movie. Van Peebles had a writing credit on the stock car biopic Grease Lightning, 1977, starring Richard Pryor, adapted his novel about the growth of the Black Panther Party into the 1995 movie Panther that was directed by his son. In 03, he was portrayed as Mario in Badass. Um, that's actually the one I was referring to, 2003. That's Mario's film about his father. The song's homage, a son's homage to his dad. And two years later, Van Peebles was the subject of a documentary, How to Eat Your Watermelon in White Company and Enjoy It. Son of a tailor, Melvin Van Peebles was born August 21st, 1932, graduated from Ohio Wesleyan in 1953 with a degree in lit, served for nearly four years in the U.S. Air Force and married a German woman. After his discharge, he worked as a portrait painter in Mexico, then moved to San Francisco where he ran cable cars. Van Peebles was uh, also made three short films, uh, beginning with The Slice of Life, Three Pickup Men for Herrick, 1957 which he hoped would serve as his calling card into the motion picture industry. But when he was unable to find directorial work in LA, he, his wife and their children, Megan and Mario moved to Europe and Holland. He studied with Dutch, with the Dutch national theater, did some acting and added 
van to his last name <laughs> after his marriage dissolved and people's headed to Paris where he authored five uh, five novels and wrote and directed his first feature, L.A. Permission, or Permission, I don't know how you pronounce it, an adaption of his novel about a love affair between an African-American soldier and a French woman that won acclaim in Europe, was retitled The Story of a Three-Day Pass for U.S. Audiences, and chosen as the French entry for the San Francisco Film Festival 1967. It was well-received by critics and festival goers, but few knew that the filmmaker behind Three-Day Pass was American and black. And he talked about that before. He had to actually go out of the country in order to be acknowledged in his own country as a black filmmaker, which is not unlike Dr. Tommy Curry that had to go out of the country to start black male studies just to have it received in some capacity in the United States. So shout out to Dr. Curry on that, right? Okay. Uh, it's a wonderful 2014 interview. Van Peebles said he insisted that the star of Watermelon Man be a black actor. The character is only white in the first 20 minutes of the movie. You think a white guy can play black, but a black guy can't play white, he asked Columbia execs. He also changed the ending of Herman uh, Rauscher's original script, which is has the bigot waking up from a nightmare and back as a white guy. Being black is not going to be a bad dream, he said. And Peebles did promise the producers that he would film the original ending as well, giving them a choice, but then forgot to do that. <laughs> Close-up of Cambridge's butt is the first sign that informs the audience that something crazy has happened to Jeff Gerber overnight. And Peebles also did the music for the movie and appears in a cameo as a sign painter when Gerber opens his own business. To get owners, twin brothers of the Detroit theater to open Sweetback, Van Peebles bet them a new suit, certain that his film would bring in more money than the movie they had at the time. He won. Before a screening of the film in April 2018 at the TCM Classic Film Festivals, Van Peebles said, I haven't had this much fun with clothes on in many years. Um, let me see here. Uh, he was also in such films as Robert Atman's O.C. and Stiggs, 1985, Jaws the Revenge, 1987, Reginald Hudlin's Boomerang in 92, Last Action Hero in 93, The Hebrew Hammer in 03, and Peebles, 2013. On television, he starred with Mario on short -lived, on the short-lived Stephen J. Connell NBC uh, comedy Sunny Spoon and appeared on All My Children in the Heat of the Night, Living Single, and Girlfriends. And Peoples won a Daytime Emmy and has a Humanitas Prize in 1987 for writing an episode of CBS School Break special, The Day They Came to Arrest the Books. He also was author of Bold Money, a 1986 primer on how to trade stock options. Dad knew the black images. Uh, Dad knew that black images matter. Mario said in a statement, "If a picture is worth a thousand words, what was a movie worth? We want uh, to be the success we see. Thus, we need to see ourselves being free. True liberation did not mean imitating the colonizers' mentality. It meant appreciating the power, beauty, and interconnectivity of all people." Shout out to Melvin Van Peebles. You know, much appreciated. Um, it's like we got about 110 people. Uh, watching across uh, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. Please make sure you like, share, subscribe, join, and donate. Support the channel. Um, let me see who we got in here. What's going on, Keel? West Coast, what's happening? Um, Spainman, I fully agree. Right. Robert uh, Townsend, Van Peebles haven't gotten enough respect or enough props for their attempts to push positive black images. Images, That's right. Uh, gentlemen, rated, what's going on? Same thing happens here in the UK. Uh, yeah, Idris and John Boyega had to leave the UK to get recognition. Uh, Charles uh, Faulkner, what's up, officer? 
Mr. Donnie Mack, what's the word? All right. JJ Mars. Hi, Scholar. Ain't seen you in a minute, man. How you doing? Cameron, what's up, man? Good to see you in here. Mike. What's good? What's good? All right. Uh, yeah, so shout out to Melvin. I am still a fan uh, for a variety of reasons uh, in front of and behind the camera. All right. I'm going to move on. Uh, this I'm not going to spend a lot of time on, but I thought it deserved a shout out, even though uh, there was an article on this young man that I found going back to 2015. I had not heard about him. Um, knowing y'all, many of y'all probably had. But I thought it important to, to at least shout out, uh, as you can see in this particular image that uh, was sent to me on uh, Facebook on September 1st, three days after Hurricane Katrina, 20 year old Jabbar Gibson took an Orleans Parish school bus and transported 70 people on a 13 hour trip to the Astrodome in Houston since their government would not. His bus was the first to arrive. Right? Now, there's an article you can find about this on buzzfeed.com where it kind of delves into it uh, a little more. Um, it's, uh, let me see. I'll just read the caption. It says to the cops, Jabbar Gibson was just a low level drug pusher to the residents of new Orleans public housing complex. He's the man who rescued them from hurricane Katrina when no one else would. And I think it's an interesting story that really highlights in many ways, um, you know, the nature of black men, regardless of what they may be doing on one instance to eat and on another instance, still human beings that actually, you know, are interested in helping people. And so I thought it important to shout out this young brother Jabbar. Uh, well, he's, he's, he's older now. I mean, <laughs> this was quite a while ago, but still I thought it important to shout him out. So shout out to you, brother Jabbar. I hope you are well. Um, I don't have any current information on his status. Anybody knows anything about him? Uh, feel free to put it in the chat, especially if you have some evidence in, uh, along those lines. But nevertheless, for the example he set on September 1st, salute. All right. All right. So let me go ahead and uh, bring up a good friend of mine. Y'all know I like to have him on a regular basis come through the show. Bless us with a word. Um, so let me uh, again welcome Brother BGS to the show. What's up, man? What's up, Dr. Truth? Uh, what's going on with you, man? <laughs> same old, same old. All right. What's going on, Douglas? We got some people in Mr. Anderson. Uh, Barry, what's the word? Uh, Blairy, Blade Runner, what's going on? Um, Y'all know what it is. Uh, you, saw, you saw the caption. You know, we had to get into this. Troll Farms or Neo COINTELPRO. Is the gender war a product of misinformation? Now, I invited uh, BGS because this is somewhat up his alley. Uh, tech head that he is. Uh, we rapped about it for a few minutes before, and I said, man, let's see, you can get up and we can have a conversation about this. Um, here, let me move this over here a little bit. I told you, I, I still don't have enough monitors, man. <laughs> I, mean, I need to be surrounded by monitors. <laughs> it's not enough. Uh, all right. So this is a piece that uh, Brother Reggie, shout out to you, Reggie, if you're listening, sent to me. Now, a couple other people sent it to me as well, but I didn't get a chance to really look at it. Um, and then when Reggie sent it, you know, he doesn't send me nothing unless I really need to see it. So I said, all right, let me let me check out what's going on here. So this is a piece that you can find on uh, 
MIT Tech Review, right? That's uh, technically at uh, technologyreview.com. And you can see the title there, Silicon Valley, right? Troll farms reached 140 million Americans a month on Facebook before the 2020 election, internal report shows. Caption reads, this is not normal, this is not healthy, right? This just just came out a few days ago, September 16th, um, and highlights something that I, some things that I thought were fairly important that we might need to get at. Uh, so I'll just start it off here. Right? In the run-up to the 2020 election, the most highly contested in U.S. history, Facebook's most popular pages for Christian and Black American content were being run by Eastern European troll farms. These pages were part of a larger network that collectively reached nearly half of all Americans, according to an internal company report, and achieved that reach not through user choice, but primarily as a result of Facebook's own platform design and engagement-hungry algorithm. Right? The report, written October 2019 and obtained by MIT Technology Review from a former Facebook employee not involved in researching it, found that after the 2016 election, Facebook failed to prioritize fundamental changes to how its platform promotes and distributes information. The company instead pursued a whack-a-mole strategy that involved monitoring and quashing the activity of bad actors when they engaged in political discourse and added some quadrilles or quadrails that uh, prevented the worst of the worst. But this approach did little to stem the underlying problem, the report noted. Troll farms professionally, excuse me, professionalized groups that work in a coordinated fashion to post provocative content, often propaganda to social networks, were still building massive audiences by running networks of Facebook pages. Their content was reaching 140 million US users per month, 75% of whom had never followed any of the pages. They were seeing the content because um, Facebook's content mm -hmm. system had it pushed uh, into their news feeds. Instead of users choosing to receive content from these actors, it is our platform uh, that is choosing to give these troll farms an enormous reach, wrote the report's author, Jeff Allen, a former senior level data scientist at Facebook. Uh, Joe Osborne, a Facebook spokesman, said in a statement that the company had already been investigating these topics at the time of Allen's report, adding, since that time, we have stood up teams, uh, developed new policies and collaborated with industry peers to address these networks. We've taken aggressive enforcement actions against these kinds of foreign and domestic inauthentic groups and have shared the results publicly on a quarterly basis. In the process of fact-checking this short, um, this story shortly be uh, before publication, MIT Technology Review found that five of the troll farm pages mentioned in the report remained active. Mm -hmm. uh, and in case y'all needed to know, this is uh, one of the most significant ones. Mm -hmm. You'll see why I say that in a moment, but just go ahead and uh, I'll just let you absorb that title for a quick second. Um, you know, I thought I, I thought it was pretty interesting myself. Did you did you have any thoughts when you first? Yeah, I, I was kind of stunned because I didn't think that a troll farm would actually target the African Americans like this, especially with a title like that. Exactly, exactly. It's kind of it's kind of surprising, shocking um, actually. What's going on, Mike? Inner light. What's happening, Christopher? What's the word? Um, so people coming on in still extended clips. What's going on? Tim, what's happening? Um, Larry, you know, I hope I pronounced that right. And of course, brother MLR, 
Golden Child. Yeah. Yeah. For real. I mean, there's no way this can be misconstrued uh, yeah. to go anywhere else. Nobody else really even uses that kind of terminology that way, uh, yeah. except in the black community. So this is just a glimpse of, of a page, but it continues. The report found that troll farms were reaching the same demographic groups singled out by the Kremlin-backed Internet Research Agency during the 2016 election, which had targeted Christians, Black Americans, and Native Americans. The 2018 BuzzFeed News investigation found that at least one member of the Russian IRA indicted for alleged interference in the 2016 U U.S. election had also visited Macedonia around the emergence of its first troll farms, though it mm -hmm. didn't find concrete evidence of a connection. Facebook said its investigations hadn't turned up a connection between IRA and Macedonian troll farms either. This is not normal. This is not healthy. Allen wrote, we have empowered inauthentic actors to accumulate huge followings for largely unknown purposes. The fact that actors with possible ties to the IRA have access to huge audience numbers in the same demographic groups targeted by the IRA poses uh, an enormous risk to the U.S. 2020 election. As long as troll farms have success in using these tactics, any other bad actor could too, he continued. If the troll farms are reaching 30 million U.S. users with content targeted to African-Americans, we should not at all be surprised if we discover the IRA also currently has large audiences there. Allen wrote the report as the fourth and final installment of a year and a half long effort to understand coal farms. He left the company that same month in part because of frustration that leadership had effectively ignored his research. According to the former Facebook employee who supplied the report, Allen declined to comment. Uh, the report reveals the alarming state of affairs in which Facebook leadership platform for years, despite public promises to aggressively tackle foreign based election interference, um, MIT Technology Review is making the full report available with employee names redacted because it, it is in the public interest. Its revelations include, as of October 19th, or 2019, excuse me, around 15,000 Facebook pages with the majority U.S. audience were being run out of Kosovo and Macedonia, known bad actors during the 2016 election. Collectively, those troll farm pages, which the report uh, treats as a single page for comparison purposes, reached 140 million U.S. users monthly and 360 million global users weekly. Walmart's page reached the second largest U.S. audience at 100 million. Now, that's some shit. Mm -hmm. That's some shit. So this is basically outpacing Walmart in terms of how this is going out. And I'm not really delving into this uh, in regard to the election. BGS may want to. I'm not sure. But I'm talking about this in regard to... Uh, the black community in particular, and you'll see why uh, in more detail in a moment. Uh, it says the troll farm pages also combined to form the largest Christian American page on Facebook, 20 times larger than the next largest, which mm -hmm. is 75 million users monthly, 95% of whom had never followed any of the pages. The largest African American page on Facebook. Mm -hmm. They didn't hear me. I don't, I don't think they heard me. I'm sorry, BGS. I don't, I don't think they heard me at all. Okay. The largest African-American page on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Three yeah. times larger than the next largest, reaching 30 million users monthly, 85% of whom had never followed any of the pages. Mm -hmm. the second largest Native American page on Facebook, reaching 400,000 users monthly, 90% of whom had never followed any of the pages. The fifth largest women's page on Facebook, reaching 60 million users monthly, 90% of whom had never followed any of the pages. 
profarms primarily affect the U.S., but also target the U.K., Australia, India, Central and South American countries. Facebook has conducted multiple studies confirming that content more like uh, more likely to receive user engagement, likes, comments, and shares is more likely to, or excuse me, is more likely of a type known to be bad. Still, the company has continued to rank content in users' news feeds according to what will receive the highest engagement. All right, so in a nutshell, the algorithm, the algorithm is going to extend this around uh, more than the average post. Yeah. You know, yeah. Across the board. They put it in your feed just like YouTube does. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 guaranteed to spread, mm-hmm. right? And then people add on to it, like it, so on and so forth, um, mm-hmm. from there, right? And 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 it really, as soon as it reaches that kind of content, that kind of interaction, people regard it as inherently accurate and true. Yeah. Um, let me see. Uh, I'm gonna skip ahead a little bit. Now, Facebook enables troll farm enables troll farms and grows their audiences. Um, that's you know I'm gonna skip down to the chart, but I want you guys to see this. So here it is. Top African-American pages on Facebook, right? What's the number one page? (laughs) My daddy ain't shit. My baby daddy ain't shit. And it's above Essence and The Root. See that? It's above Essence, The Root, and Source Magazine. Mm -hmm. Uh, All all, all black female-dominated magazines. Thank you. What What does that tell you? Thank you. Yes. And then you have that followed up by other troll farm pages like Black Babies, Hair and Beauty, mm. Bang Meme, Memes Videos, Savage Hood, Hood Life Memes. And all of those beat out Black Enterprise. Mm-hmm. And you have Savage Hood Memes, right? Hood Mood Memes. And then lastly at the bottom, Who Dope, the positive, the positive Black Images, the last one. Now, overwhelmingly, these pages are targeted at black women. Mm-hmm. Right. A couple of months ago, I did a show on what I was calling Neo COINTELPRO. And I was talking explicitly about um, not Twitter itself, but some of the posts that I was seeing on Twitter that were coming from unverified pages, but nevertheless promoting anti black misandry, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the examples I believe I gave was a post talking about black men being bullet bags. Right. Well, some of you guys recently uh, in the last week might have been familiar with uh, uh, a post that came up. Torn Walker uh, was involved in, in kind of, you know, challenging it. But uh, it was a if I remember correctly, it was a I think she was a lawyer. Was yeah. A black woman that started using that terminology in her posts until. Um, and there was a sister that shouted her out, and I, I didn't record her name. I wasn't planning to bring it up, so I apologize. But she actually challenged her, exposed her. It was another sister that did it. But the point is, um, that term "bullet bags" had kind of fallen into use every day, mm-hmm. and that's what I think uh, we need to talk about: the ways in which um, you know perceptions of black men and women are exacerbated, are are um, really you know stemming from external sources to troll and instigate mm-hmm. tensions that um, really do already exist it's mm-hmm. not twisted there are tensions and and some of those tensions need to be called out and articulated and i think that's one of the purposes i have for my show and the people that i tend to work with on youtube we are trying to bring those issues to light and have some relevant dialogue about it but these kind of um, you know troll farms 
exacerbate the problem yeah. by creating false narratives. But here's where it gets difficult. When mm-hmm. those false narratives fall into everyday use, and when it falls into everyday use and you start to see actual people using these kind of concepts and terms to talk about black men, it gets even worse. So when we talk about uh, misandry, you know, we, we know since the 1980s, most especially, we saw a rise in black female run media. This derogatory kind of approach to black men characterized by films like The Color Purple and many others, especially those extending out of the likes of Terry McMillan and, you know, of course, Oprah. These kind of films really kind of kicked off a genre, both in lit and in media, that justified the tearing down of black men. And a lot of that became very much uh, a call uh, to order for black women in my generation, Generation X. But it never stopped. By the time we got the rise of social media, that became a staple in social media as well. So, you know, this report is talking about a very specific time period in 2019 you know, involving troll farms. I don't personally believe this is the beginning. No, it's not. It's, it's not. Yeah, I believe it's just one report talking about one instance. Yeah, and the thing is, five of them are actually still up. They actually went to uh, um, uh, three of them. They were actually still up. In fact, they also have a uh, Twitter presence, too. It's mm. not just on YouTube. Uh, not on YouTube, but not just on uh, Facebook. It's also on Twitter. Mm. Mm. And it's still being well, uh, well uh, patronized, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted you guys to see this. I'm not really going to go through the Christian one, but you can kind of look through. Um, you know, some of you that might want to go into more depth. I'll put the link I'll, to this in the in the comments. I mean, in the- a lot of the stuff it does. Even this, a lot of the stuff actually tends to uh, steer towards who black women. Yeah, you talking about the Christian, the Christian one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be happy, enjoy life. Jesus is my Lord. No, you can't. Right. So across two major areas, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of this is targeted at black women. Right. So it stokes the fires of misandry in regard to black men. And I think in various ways, this has been happening for over, you know, 40 years. Mm -hmm. uh, And we know there are different types of these kind of things happening before, long before that. But, um, and and, and we talk about it in regard to policy. You know, we talk Mm -hmm. about, Kind of shaping of human behavior, shaping of, of behavior and worldview in terms right. of how black men are seen, uh, mm-hmm. through policy. But we also have to talk about media. So in that regard, you know, you have uh, media and policy working hand in hand, right? To, you know, shape the image of black men um, as something negative, something incapable, something in, you know uh, inherently monstrous. Mm-hmm. And in, in the last three generations, we've actually seen a lot of these narratives become a, you know really ensconced in the culture and now yeah. it's almost considered a truism yeah it is you know yeah. what they are. Mm-hmm. and and i want to show you all some evidence of this now, this is completely random which i think is that much better um let me pull this over i put up a post uh on facebook i think it was yesterday and basically the post uh was you know what let me see I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I'll just walk you guys through it. I think I'm going to take you to the post itself so we can we can kind of see how this evolved in a very short period of time. And I'm going to show you how this kind of misandry, even though it's already there, uh, it doesn't take long to be stoked by the kind of narratives we're examining today. All right. So first things first, 
Let me share this. All right. So this was something I put up uh, yesterday. And this was um, an image of a comment. Uh, shout out to Eve's Boney. I don't know. I probably really wrecked the pronunciation of that. Uh, my apologies. But shout out to uh, him. He posted this in response to a statement I made about the actor um, who recently passed away. Uh, let's see, actor Anthony Johnson. Oh, yeah. 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 He says, I'm an NYC firefighter, and I've been telling people, especially women, that every time we do an EMS run, we always find a woman dead or dying uh, mm -hmm. with her family, mm -hmm. uh, with, you know, with her. But the men die alone. Mm -hmm. That I've been on the job for nine years, and all the black men except for one died alone. Mm -hmm. when, we, when we find them, they are either dead from a month to six months in their apartment well, alone. Wow. Okay. Uh, uh, Join Tim. Good to have you. He says, Yeah, when we find them, they either are dead from a month to six months and in their apartment alone, decomposing. Mm -hmm. Most of the white men die with their family being present as well, but there are some exceptions when we find a rare few alone. Says I. I also notice the men are the only ones that catch real seizures, and only one female claimed she uh, was having a seizure, but it was a lie. She just wanted attention. Mm -hmm. Says this upsets me for years. So I posted that because I, I thought it was incredibly powerful, right? And this is all in response to a, a, com a community tab statement I made on Anthony Johnson's death, where I said he died in a store alone, and too many damn brothers are dying too young, and no one cares. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so he responded with that so when I put this up you can see the caption I wrote this was in response to my post on the death of actor Anthony Johnson damn I said when I show empathy toward black males by researching them exclusively some question why it should even matter some call me names others have disassociated from me personally and professionally but this right here is an example of why I do it how many of us knew this that black men die alone like this how many yeah. are bothered to ask the question, how many even care? How many of us will die in such manner? I said, I pray not, but too much of the time, this is just black male life. Yeah. I said, I see. And yes, I've been um, uh, I've been hearing a lot of these stories during the pandemic. And, and y'all know, um, even last year, we talked about black men, um, you know, during the pandemic where everybody was, you know, holed up in their homes black men being found dead mm -hmm. and just being pulled out when neighbors complained about the stench. Right. Mm -hmm. so, so I posted that and, uh, you know, there was a lot of response, which I'm glad to see. Um, but there's a particular set of responses that I want you guys to see. Let me see. Where did it go? Oh, man. Um, nope, that's not the one. Where'd you go? Oh, that is the one. All right. Let's put it over here. Let me share that. This is a, a good brother of mine, Calvin. Now, Calvin has been on the show before. He does a lot of work uh, with black boys, especially in regard to suicide. Shout out to uh, Calvin Mann. And he posted, inspired by the post I just read to you, mm -hmm. said, why are so many men dying alone? Now, what I'm going to point out here is the casual misandry that I've been talking about for years. And most people seem to think that I'm exaggerating, um, you know, and making up. Um, this is, of course, when I get the most Facebook you know, interaction when I'm using it live. But anyway, 
Um, <laughs> the first response from Trishel Murphy, I guess. Uh, they usually put their trust in the wrong person. Not a positive tone to start mm. something like this. No empathy necessarily. Um, but this is how it starts, right? Uh, and I'm just going at through, through, through these at random. Appreciate that support, Tim. Um, let's see. All right. So... Shout out to no one. Thanks for the support. Hold on. Okay. So um, you get uh, somebody like Lavretta Holloway. She says, I mm-hmm. find the topic interesting considering the fact that men have created an entire music genre that is dedicated to degrading women, but yet has been, hasn't been a detriment. That what goes around comes around. Treat others uh, how you want to be treated. Karma never forgets. Now, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. So we have a post that's posing the question about black men dying alone. And you Mm -hmm. have this person bringing up a a musical genre to justify black men dying alone. That's like, that's like coming to a funeral to talk shit about the person dying. Right. Um, Continues. We've glamorized degeneracy. It's not a part of our culture. Um, Let me go. She keeps talking about gender. Let me see. Let me. Okay, so this one was an interesting one. So one gentleman says, is alone lonely? Uh, Calvin, uh, you know, appreciate the support, Barry. Thank you. Um, Calvin responds. This is when asked uh, an EMS worker. He only said, uh, only one time did he find a man with his family. He said, usually the black male uh, had been dead a while. Mm-hmm. And then Amelia Birmingham pops up. Many die in nursing homes alone. Their kids and our family come to visit them. Why do you think that is? I have my theories. Mm-hmm. They go back and forth. Again, you can feel the tone and you can see what's yeah. oh, on. Uh, I catch a few of them here. Okay. So then you get someone like Nina Burkhoy, right? Because women are tired of they cheating asses. Treat a woman with respect and compassion, and she'll stick to you like glue. Hmm. Uh, Wish that right. were true. <laughs> but but still, what exactly in the post suggested anything that warranted this kind of response? Right. Um, and so Calvin responds, nope, uh, that's not why, sister. You might want to observe this one. It's deeper. Right. And another one comes, Bill comes through, says, not always true. Many times nice guys don't care, uh, don't care well, or will. I don't know. Many women like bad boys. Um, you know, she continues my comment, my opinion, not to start a discussion or dispute. You know, and then she goes from there. Damn it, uh, Calvin, you're entitled to your opinion, just like I'm. I'm entitled to mine. You disagree, which is fine, but you do. You do not have the right uh, to be judge and jury over my response or anyone else's. Right, y'all mm-hmm. take way too many liberties on social media. Boy, bye. Mm-hmm. Like all of this bullshit. Um, I don't know what. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this is always much easier on your phone. <laughs> right. So Carlos comes in because they didn't lay a foundation to have lifelong support. Mm-hmm. Like, all the onus on the men. Like, yeah. There, there's no other reasons. If uh, they if they done what we told them to do, they they wouldn't die alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she's asking if you have friends, my guy, right? This kind of shaming language, mm-hmm. um, right? She's going back and forth. 
Let's see. And this was much shorter a minute ago when I was looking through these or a couple hours ago. Um, let's see here. Where'd they go? All right. Some more of that. Okay. Hold on. I got screenshots on my phone. It would have been easier. Okay. Uh, let's see. Okay. Uh, all right. So this particular person comes in talking about this post here is the first one that I've come across with uh, from black men acknowledging the fact that it is you all that are dying alone. Majority of black men are online rambling about weaves, makeups, women's dress sizes. Can you name the podcast YouTubers, uh, you know, uh, that black men are discussing real issues. So a lot of shaming language out of nowhere. Uh, mm -hmm. comes in. Instead of addressing their issues from an accountability perspective, they rather deflect and tell us we're going to die alone. Of course, they had to jam Kevin Samuels. Kevin Samuels, yeah. You know, um, because they want to be alone, right? Not always mad at that one. Um, and that, but here we go, Tory Flakes. Well, maybe if they stopped cheating and wanting women to be their moms, they wouldn't be alone. Women are sick of men. It's easier not to deal with the drama, right? You know, a lot of shaming language, blaming, right? Negative. Uh, it's just any excuse will do except personal accountability. I can't because humans are literally wired to want to be with and among people. Um, all I can say is do what makes you happy. If you're happier alone than alone and be alone, it shouldn't really be a debate on someone's personal choice. You know, all of this bullshit. Mm -hmm. Come on. Maybe because like my male associates whom have acted like an ass, the female members have had enough and chosen to preserve their sanity by loving from afar. Plus, if you told them to go to the doctor, they wouldn't listen anyway. Right. Alvin tries to get her to think. He says, I challenge you uh, to say the good about men dying alone. This is the conversation that men get from time to time, get from the time their boys on. You asked the question, I gave an answer. Mm -hmm. uh, another one. They depend on having a woman, but often don't care to treat her right and weigh her, um, weigh her down in a relationship. Not investing in their children makes the children turn against them too. They don't see any value in women as real friends. They don't uh, cultivate real relationships with men either. They basically turn on everyone away. Um, basically turn everyone away until they have no one. You got a sister in here laughing. Mm -hmm. Remember, the post is asking the question about men dying alone. Mm -hmm. Laughing. Right. These are the kind of posts I'm talking about. Right. Damn it. Um, this isn't new. It's been happening for years. My answer is narcissism or mm -hmm. severe mental health issues that make these men unbearable. My own father. Now see, notice this mm -hmm. conversation was about men dying alone. She starts talking about her father as if that somehow uh, justifies the representative uh, nature of her statements to all black men. I don't get this much Facebook en engagement when I'm trying to. I don't know what the... Mm -hmm. Anyway, mm -hmm. my own died alone in a halfway house he spent his good years neglecting me and screwing over women and family members my aunts his two sisters are married and tried to get him help i'm stating that because i know the next question will be to blame my grandmother his mother uh for his failures as a man my father grew up in a two-parent household his father my grandfather died before i was born i would like 
to go further into detail about why I think personality disorders are a contributing factor in this, if you aren't offended, right? And then she has the, the gift of, you know, Papa was a rolling stone, mm-hmm. right? So I always them cheating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cheating, psychological issues, mm-hmm. narcissism, like all of mm-hmm. this. She's putting up posts about emotional intelligence. Uh, someone else weighs in many reasons, right? And then one, Akila Sakuna. That's what y'all deserve. Mm-hmm. And it's highlighted by five people. See? That's what I'm talking about. So, you know, I made a quick statement just, you know, just kind of pointing out the level of misandry. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, man, this is what I'm talking about, right? Basically, what we have is we know that there are troll farms that are manufacturing misandry and right. on a wide scale basis. But mm-hmm. what I'm talking about is from bullet bags to y'all deserve to die alone. You're seeing actual accounts by black women who f- have fed into this and are reasserting it in other contexts. So, you know, you have these narratives that are being put out there in popular media, you mm-hmm. have stoked by generations of policy. And much of that policy just uh, really disenfranchises black men and promotes black women and provides them with a degree of stability at the expense of black men, which over time is going to generate a negative kind of outlook in and of itself. But then you also have troll farms that are coming into social media and actually stimulating this misandry even further to the point where an innocent question like, do y'all know, right? What does he say? Why are so many men dying alone? Mm-hmm. engenders so much negativity and difficulty right in, in regard to attacking black men for nothing right? yeah because they, they believe we deserve it you know right. in fact they're probably cheering for it like like you saw with the with the uh with the uh the the one uh comment where uh five women actually liked it highlighted it yeah yeah this is what y'all deserve mm-hmm you deserve to die alone because you mistreated black women. And notice it wasn't a story. It wasn't a story about an abusive man who mm-hmm. died alone. It was just a general question. And the way the question was written, why are so many men dying alone? Mm-hmm. It could be your grandfather. It could be your brother. It could, you know, anybody, anyone of any one of us loves, it could be anybody. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and yet the interpretation they chose was consistent with the type of speech and the type of narrative that we see coming out of these troll farms. And, and, and but I'm not saying they start at those troll farms, but I do think these farms exacerbate yeah. the ongoing negative, you know, uh, anti-black misandry. Yeah, the fire's already going. All they're doing is throwing logs on the fire. Or gasoline. <laughs> and all, the thing is, is that, you know, Kui uh, Bono, you know, mm. who benefits. Who benefits. Know? And that's the problem, you know, because uh, Facebook is not trying to shut them down because mm. these, these things have been going since 2016. In fact, the uh, the uh, the first one, uh, my you know, my baby daddy ain't shit that that has been up since 2013. In wow. fact, there's two of them. But Facebook hasn't shut them down yet. The thing is, why? And Facebook actually uh, uh, puts the, these type of memes in your feed. Like I said, ninety percent of people don't follow the page. How come they're they're popping up all over the place? The thing is, who benefits? Who's paying for it? I'm sure Facebook's not doing this for free. 
and who exactly decided to target black women right mm -hmm. yeah who decided that uh all right so this is one of the pages i believe and sometimes there are variations on a theme so i don't know mm -hmm. if this is the right page uh let's take a look look at that yeah now that's not the one but yeah that's that's uh it could be. It could be one of the troll farms because I actually did find it. Yeah. See, and, and I just put it in the search, so it, mm -hmm. it could be somebody else's, right? Um, just put my daddy ain't my baby daddy, my baby daddy ain't. Oh, I did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you get variations. I think I gotta mm -hmm. write it out entirely. Yeah. That. Cause it's there. I did find it. There it is. Yeah. There we go. And, Look at that. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the second one. Yeah, that that's a uh, my baby. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, but but they're both they're probably both the same thing. Yeah, they're both the same kind of kind. Actually, the same kind of numbers. Uh, this one is. I think this one has been. This is the one that's been up since 2013. Mm -hmm. um, the official page got hacked. Um, Started this new one in 2013, but my baby daddy still ain't shit like my new one. 230,310 people like this, including nine of, of my friends. <laughs> you will hear abusive and or narcissistic men bash on moms and claim parental alienation, yet you never hear them tell people that it was their choice to abandon their children. Mm -hmm. right. Where we heard, where we have we heard this before? Brandon writes, who needs white supremacy when you have black women expressing these sentiments toward black men, masses, faithful, concubine? Mm -hmm. This is this is what we're looking at, right? This is these are fires that are being stoked uh artificially. Mm -hmm. Right. I love the smell of no kids in the morning, right? Mm -hmm. We're looking at. This is this, I mean. So we, we actually have, you know, proof that, you, you know, you're seeing these pages that are stoking the hatred of black men being propagated, right, by troll farms and supported by all kind of people. That's what we're looking at. Mm -hmm. so, and the, 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 these aren't real people, this whole thing. Yeah. But, face, but Facebook actually, you know... Uh, pushes the stuff in, into your feed like like they said like 90 percent of uh 80 percent of the people uh uh never even like the page but they but it shows up in their feed mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so in other words people people that 90 percent of the people actually view this didn't actually subscribe to this page yeah so the thing is why is facebook pushing this stuff it's ridiculous yeah why are they pushing it and what effect does it have mm-hmm right? And it's and here's the other thing. It's not limited at all to Facebook, right? We've been seeing these kind of things across various social media platforms, but it's not always easy to verify um, who's who's a person, who's a who's you know who's a blank shell a, a shell of a page, mm -hmm. um, you know. And I, when I talked about this a few months ago, and I was talking about Neo uh, Neo CoIntelPro, what I was saying is you, you don't really need agents the way you may have needed them in the 1970s. Mm -hmm. uh, at this point, you can have somebody sitting at a computer.
typing anything they want. The danger is when it actually begins something that real everyday people start to incorporate and send out on their own. And so it turns everyday people into agents in many ways. But a lot of this is still targeted at denigrating black men. And that's one of the things I find most interesting, the empathy level or just the, the, the willingness to actually perceive black male life through the lens of black men themselves is something that people are starting to or people have been starting to find uh, to be offensive in and of itself. It's mm -hmm. considered inherently toxic, inherently misogynist to even ask the question. And I'm saying this in, in the academy, you know, right. to do research on black males is considered a sexist offense. And, so, <laughs> and you know when you when you told me that I didn't believe it, and until I started hearing other uh, uh, PhDs in the academy, male and female, uh, actually uh, highlight what you're saying, mm. and uh, be afraid to actually uh, uh, defend or come to the aid of uh, um, black boys and, and, and black males mm -hmm. and black men. Mm -hmm. I mean the you know before you know like with the uh, what is it. Um, my brother's keeper. I couldn't understand how come it failed, right? It made so much sense to actually help black underserved black boys, right? Mm -hmm. And then uh, until 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 I talked to you, and then heard heard other what we what I call them black male feminists actually uh, echo the same sentiment and said, okay, now I understand. Yeah, it's not it's not just the women. No, no, it's deeper. Um, and 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 again, black males are not. Uh, targeted in regard to these troll farms, you know, to, to pass along these ideas. I mean, very few of the, of the pages we saw or the links we saw, um, you know, reference black males in, in terms of uh, having us be, the, you know, the target of their goal. The target were black women. Mm -hmm. And we were, you know, uh, what was, we're expendable, we're useful, um, but mm -hmm. they're trying to tap into something that is is much older than this last few years on social media, right? Mm -hmm. That is the disdain and frustration at black men. But tapping into it the way they have puts us back in line with the tradition of media that's been produced for the last few decades to denigrate black men. Mm -hmm. So that's the part that I'm finding interesting about it. Oh, you shared the link? Okay. Yeah. Um, hmm. Let's see. Uh, no, that's, that's the link to the article. Okay. Yeah. All right. So this, this, I mean, this, this kind of, so this is what I'm saying essentially is that this kind of misandry is not only uh, kind of being internalized, mm -hmm. this is passed down generationally in many ways, especially from daughter, from mother to daughter, right? This is the dynamic, the expectations, the outlook, the worldview about where black men fit in black uh, female life. This kind of thing gets passed down, but when it's further exacerbated and blown out of proportion mm -hmm. and then gets passed down, it becomes more and more toxic until it becomes something that people don't even debate. It's just assumed to be true. So black men become guilty just at the mention of their name. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing, the thing is, uh, everybody knows that Facebook is a, a female dominated arena. Mm -hmm. Which is what, which is one reason why the manuscript kind of left Facebook and came to the, uh, came to the, uh, came to YouTube, a little bit more democratic. Well, now, now I didn't, I wasn't really cognizant, cognizant of that transition. Mm -hmm. When was that? This was like, uh, uh, this was like uh, uh, 
2008, 2009, when, when, when uh, the especially the black manuscript came to uh, came to YouTube. Okay. And they uh, and they expressly left Facebook. Wow. Wow. In fact, that's probably why I came to YouTube and left Facebook. Wow. Yeah, I wasn't aware of the gender dynamics of the different platforms until mm-hmm. uh, it was till last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a conversation about that, but I had not mm-hmm. really processed it um, like that. You know? Yeah, the, the women are just now starting to get into YouTube. You can kind of tell they're starting to come on over, but uh, for mo- uh, the vast majority of them are actually on um, on Facebook, and then and then IG, uh, Instagram. Mm. Mm-hmm. Let me see. So, but but thing, my my thing is, you know, you know, uh, Facebook knows, you know, like I said, they invested investigated these people in 2016. They know uh, basically. Um, who's behind it? The thing is, how come they haven't pulled the plug on it? Because we know that Facebook, YouTube, Twitter will actually shut down an account that they don't like. How come this isn't one of them? Yeah, yeah, it's still here, and 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 these are just the ones that we're seeing a report about. Right there, you know, I'm sure there's quite a few we haven't actually had a conversation about, so or have seen any kind of evidence, I should say, about what it is and what it isn't. But yeah. I think it's safe to say that these kind of pages still mm-hmm. generate not only a lot of attention, but a lot of, of, of hatred toward black men even further. Just like the women I was reading from on that mm-hmm. uh, Facebook post, you could see mm-hmm. the frustration. Of the, and this is something even Kev shouts out. He says, you know, a lot of the time you'll get this kind of vitriol from women. And when you ask questions about their own lives, they haven't experienced the things that they're frustrated about, you know, uh, the, the abuse or whatever, you know. They're talking about things they heard, things they read, things they watched on television, things a friend of a friend experienced. Mm-hmm. And it all leads to the same kind of conclusion, but they have the same level of vitriol. Yeah. And so whether you're talking about abuse or rape or anything, you know, especially things of that nature, mm-hmm. when you try to point out, and I've had this happen even in academic circles, you try to point out that abuse is bi-directional in the black community, meaning that the rates of abuse for men to women and women to men are, are damn near equal. Yeah. And black men have not enjoyed several decades of being told and and having it described to them in film and television what abuse even looks like. So we're not encouraged to report. We don't have generations of shows and documentaries and and PSAs telling us to report, let alone having uh, shelters for black men that have experienced extreme amount of abuse. We haven't had that kind of cultivation. And yet the rates are still the same. That tells Mm -hmm. me that there are more than likely far more black men that are not reporting than most people think. Yeah. Out of what's reported, despite us not being conditioned to do so, it's still equal, right? So that's just in terms of abuse. In Mm -hmm. terms of rape, we know, especially when you talk about boys, that there Mm -hmm. really isn't a conversation. This is why I post so much on boys who've been violated uh, by authority figures, most particularly, but often by women, because it's, it's for the most part taken for granted. Even yeah. when you go back to Melvin Van Peebles. And- oh, yeah. I was just going to say that. Sweet, oh. sweet back. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Talked about- yeah. As she talked about it, about mm-hmm. uh, how he got sexualized when he was a young boy. Mm-hmm. I didn't remember how old he was. In the- I, think, in I think in his character, he's about nine. Okay. Which is fairly consistent with the reality. Mm-hmm. Somewhere between, I think, nine to 12. I think the rough age range was right. for boys who had their first experiences with mm-hmm. much older girls and women. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so so it was, it was it was kind of telling in terms of what Melvin ch- decided to put on the screen. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the time, you know, m- boys and men have have articulated this as some type of rite of passage. And women do this, too, I should say, um, mm-hmm. as, as some kind of rite of passage, um, even though the data shows us that boys experience the same types of trauma that girls do. You know, look up, uh, you know, Tommy Curry and Ebony Utley's paper, She Touched Me. You'll find mm-hmm. a lot of data that's not shared anywhere else about the way boys interpret trauma. And yet there are no institutions for them to go to as readily available as there are for girls and women. And so when you try to share that information with people who've uh, really been raised on a steady stream, be it in media mm-hmm. or in their own families mm-hmm. uh, about, you know, black men and the misandry that's kind of been cultivated there, you're lucky to get your point across. I mean, I had a young man reach out to me a few days ago and I, I don't know him. He just wrote to me on Facebook and Messenger. You know, he DM me, I guess they call it. And he said, look, you know, I know you're busy, doc, but I just need some I need some uh, I need an opinion. I need some direction. I said, well, what's going on? He said, well, I was having a discussion with a woman. She's a friend of mine. She has a master's degree. And we were mm-hmm. talking about abuse. And he said, when I tried to share what I've learned about the data, she got mm-hmm. louder and louder and louder right. and he started calling me names and then she's screaming and damn near foaming at the mouth you know mm. and he's saying all i did was share some statistics and then she was calling me names and stormed out and he said i didn't do anything mm-hmm. but i don't understand this and he said you know he just laid out his facts stayed cool and calm and she just escalated and escalated until it reached name calling levels and then she stormed out and he said you know i don't know what i did I said, well, you're you're contrasting the dominant narrative and the dominant narrative has become a part of so many people's identity that, you know, the the, the kind of uh, negative perspectives on black men are given at this point. So when you actually challenge them with data, you're actually shaking the foundations of some people's identity because who yeah, they but- are has been framed mm-hmm. off of this negative perspective on yeah, black girls. They need black men to be what they've been taught black men exactly. are. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And you will get cussed out just by pointing out. Matter of fact, you could actually point, especially, and, and this is particularly important if you're talking to like a family member and they're trying to give you a narrative on something that happens and you were there mm-hmm. <laughs> and you start <laughs> to point out what they're overlooking, you can mm-hmm. see how quickly the tempers will flare. Mm-hmm. Right? Because you're challenging what they believe to be their self identity. Yeah. And they've grown comfortable with in regard. And a lot of that also has to do with the idea that black men are essentially lesser beings mm-hmm. you actually start to show that this might not be true. What does that say about someone who's actually learned whether they've used this language or not, that they are superior beings to the people you're talking about? What does that do to their self-image? Right? Yeah. To their worldview. Yeah. When you yeah. shake somebody's worldview, they're going to get, they're going to get upset. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, it ooh strikes just come up in here. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but this is what we're looking at. So um, I think what I'm going to do is open it up for a little bit. Um, I think we'll do we can do another hour. Um, then I got I have to do some stuff, but I'm going to put the the uh, invite in the chat and you can come up and, and I, I do prefer you stay on topic. Right. You want to add something about what we're looking at in regard to uh, troll farms and in regard to what I'm calling Neo COINTELPRO, this Mm. Uh, misuse of or really I don't even want to call it a misuse this, this, this straight of propaganda yeah abuse propaganda, yeah this mm. use of, of media 
mm-hmm. and social media at that, yeah. right? To attack black men, right? So you're welcome to come on up. Yeah, we have a little. It's, a, it's almost like the time that the, the, uh, when they actually uh, called the uh, um, FBI. I think it was a few years ago called the uh, black men. Uh, what they call it? Uh, black identity terrorist. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And the, and, yeah, and the thing about that was there was a, it, I only knew the first person arrested. I don't know how many eventually were, mm-hmm. but I know the first person arrested for that charge was a black male. Mm-hmm. I found that real interesting, right? That that you know there there was a uh, there, there's a paper that uh, Curry did a while back and uh, called racism as misandric aggression, mm-hmm. and he was basically saying that if you look at the data, what we call racism is more often than not mm-hmm. targeted at black men or men of color mm-hmm. for that matter. But uh, most particularly, black men. Yeah, dar dar. Black identity extremists. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Black identity extremists. It's not an accident that the first person arrested for that charge, that newly trumped up notion, was a black male. Mm-hmm. Not an accident at all. And, and it would have gone further, except the manosphere kind of shut it down and started, uh, you know, sounding out the, the call and actually uh, challenging and, and pushing back on an idea. And actually, it, it lasted for about six months and then it actually went away. Hmm. Otherwise, it would probably would have been worse. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see here. All right. Okay, we got uh, one up in here. Let me pull him up. Okay. Is this uh, G Money? Is that what that is? Yes. Hello? Uh, good evening. Good evening. BJ, peace, uh, G Money. G Money, okay. What's going on, man? Good evening, BGS. Good evening, uh, Dr. T.S.R. Johnson. How are you guys doing tonight? Hey, pretty good. Good. How about yourself? Doing really well. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on again. Uh, really admire you guys' work. Uh, just like to say thank you on behalf of you know, black men in general. Uh, I-, I just like to know, like, why, why aren't these pages considered hate speech? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. This is hate. This is straight up racism and hate speech against black men. Why they're not being taken down? I, I just, I just don't understand. Yeah, that's what we're asking. It, uh, the, because Facebook has investigated these people. They actually sent investigators all the way over to uh, to Eastern Europe to check it out, and but the pages are still up. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and within. Oh, go ahead. And, the, and the page is actually being pushed to uh, people that don't even follow the page. Yeah. Yeah. Interestingly enough, if uh, there were similar pages made about any other uh, demographic that we have mm-hmm. in this country, oh, yes. they'd be taken down immediately. But mm-hmm. it seems like it, this black male misandry is just popular and it's, it's a, a lot of people are making money off of it. That's what I think as well. Yeah. It's, it, well, I, and I'll say this within, you know, African-American culture, as it as it pertains to social media. Um, again, this has become these these kind of perspectives have become somewhat of a truism. Um, and this is the thing. It, it's one thing, you know, to talk about the extreme feminists, right, that are out there, you know, just, you know, doing their thing. I don't really focus on that. I focus on everyday misandry. In other words, I focus on the kind of things that you might hear your mother say while while she's in the kitchen just on the phone while you're sitting next to her right 
uh, the kind of things your sister, your cousin, your girlfriend, your wife may say. Those are the things I'm more interested in. Extreme misandry is one thing, but I'm more interested in the way it's kind of been propagated in everyday black culture and, and how it's become acceptable in that way to where people will do and say things, you know, to you as a black male. And when you call it out, they don't know what you're talking about because they don't regard it as misandrous. They just look at it like it's Wednesday. It's true. It's true. Yeah, it's true. And everybody knows that it's like common knowledge. Yeah. So, you know, it, it doesn't interest me if you say, well, you know, Dr. Johnson, you can't say that. You know, my friend is not a feminist. I don't care if she's a feminist. I care more about the kind of internalized misandry that's passed off as normal behavior mm-hmm. and most people, maybe not even yourself, takes as misandrous because if you've grown up with it, you don't know. You don't know until you start having these conversations and reading uh, works like that, you know, deal with the material the way we're talking about it. And it usually takes a couple of years for you to really be cultivated into identifying misandry. And when you start pointing it out, people are often going to look at you like you're crazy. Appreciate that, Jason. Thank you. All right. So um, we also have uh, Brother Black Uru and Megatron Meta. Uh, Meta. Um, what's up, Uru? Hey, how you do, Dr. Johnson? Thanks, as always, for having me up. Pleasure to talk with you and, and the ever-wise, illustrious sage, BGS Idmore. It's always a pleasure. Oh, yeah. one one old Negro to an, to another. I appreciate you. <laughs> I, I tried. I tried to get that one past you, but it hurt. <laughs> I'm, you're the only one I can actually say that to. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I thought I, I thought I would try. I knew it wouldn't work, but I thought I would try. <laughs> well, give us, give us, give us your thoughts about this, good brother. Any idea? What crosses your mind? You know, I have so many. Uh, you know, I, look. I think there's a, for one, and and I'll try to be to not be too specific, so as to not you know rankle any feathers. I, I think there are demographics of people in the um, in the IT sector that don't like black men. And I don't and I think they don't like black men in particular for an assortment of reasons. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of them fairly obvious and some of them somewhat ironic. Um, I think to for for black men to be as troubled as we are, but yet are considered to be, for example, you know, ranked first or second, for example, in terms of most eligible men or desired men. Uh-huh. I think fathers, some men in some areas, and, and they get to indirectly vet their dissatisfaction or anger or jealousy in venues like this, frankly. Um, I, I definitely think that there is marketing behind it as well, I think there are definitely business interests behind it. I mean, I, mean I, I look at this to be congruent with with the Goldman Sachs thing, the, the mm-hmm. Visa thing. I mean, I, I just see us all a part of this overall, you know, divide and conquer of black people, either directly do the destruction of black men or indirectly do the artificial enhancement of black women. So I, I, I kind of see it all within the context 
of that. Okay. You know? and, and there's just in general a lot of money to be made on, on bashing black men. There, there, oh, yeah. There yeah, has yeah, been for some wonder. time now. And, and this, I would think, would be just another venue of achieving that. Uh, and, and, and I think at some point, and I've said this before, uh, at some point, you know, men in general, black men in particular, are going to have to collectively take on the policies in the social media sector because uh, this kind of thing, there's a whole lot of inconsistency, a whole lot of ambiguity, a, a whole lot of downright, I would say, bigotry in the execution of, the, of these standards. And at some point, we need to take it on as men and particularly as black men. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, hold tight, because I, I I know you got more to drop with that hammer. Let me also bring... Um, appreciate that, K-Ron. Um, let's bring in Megatron. Um, can, you, can you hear us? Peace, Dr. T. Peace, peace, peace. Hey, man, what's going me? on? Yeah, we can hear I'm, you. I'm over here, and uh, I have a study, actually. It relates to this subject. It found that Twitter has, for some odd reason, an intersectional bias when it comes to reporting hate speech. And mm. I think I know why. Yeah, there's a study right here. I can send it to you. Yeah, yeah and, um, Okay, I'm going to inbox you that. But um, there's you definitely an... In inter- the, you you said, put it in the private chat, too, if you want. Okay, okay. It's, um, it's an image file, so I screenshotted it. But okay. I, I noticed that, and that coincided with a few other things that I've been seeing over the past couple of years after the BLM energy switch, mm. such as um, the white van myth, myth coming out every year saying, oh, there's white vans in the hood following me and these females going viral, um, 10,000, 20,000, 40,000 shares, likes, and hearts, mm. with um, full long paragraphs destri- describing these alleged black men in white vans coming to chase them with wow. full camera phones in their hands and somehow mm-hmm. they don't record the incident with the camera phone. And she mm-hmm. actually almost got somebody, one of them, one one shared post I remember almost got somebody hurt. It was a black man and his wife in mm-hmm. a van working and somebody took a picture of the back of the van to make it part of this myth. And this has been going on for four or five years and it just keeps coming on. It, it keeps mm-hmm. recycling itself. And then there's another thing that's also related to that. Have you seen blackandmissing.com 64,000 number? It hasn't changed since 2011. Mm-hmm. Every year you will see there are 64,000 missing black women. These yeah, are all, I think so that. And it's odd. Why doesn't the number change? Why is it exactly 64,000 every right. year? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Just one, propaganda. One one Propaganda. more thing I, I noticed. Mm. Um, I looked at the Facebook oversight panel, right? Okay. And there's zero black masculinist representation outside of Talib Kweli's brother, Jamal. Mm. There's an African guy, a West African man, and that's it. Those are the only two black men that I saw on the panel. And um and what I'd was say it? it was the Facebook oversight panel. Like if you get reported on Instagram or Facebook, there's another okay. There's another panel you go through, and these are all different representatives from around the world. But I did see four women's rights representatives on that panel. Wow. So they definitely wow. outnumbered us on that panel. They're outside of Tali Kwali's brother and the African brother. That's that's about it. There are um the South Asian community, the Middle Eastern community, and the LGBTQ plus has plenty of representation there, though. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Appreciate that, man. Thank you. No problem. Yeah. 
Um, we also have, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, the Atheus um, up here. Uh, can you hear us? Unmute yourself. Um, it's actually Theus. Theus, I'm sorry, man. Go ahead. Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hey, hear you. We can hear you. What are your thoughts uh, about? Okay, I, I got a little bit. Of, I got a little bit of a lag here. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm on multiple black, like otaku and nerd spaces on Facebook. Okay, and even inside those areas, Let it open. you will also ex um, experience a lot of um, you know anti-black male. Um, posts inside those inside those on uh, Facebook groups, and I, I was mm -hmm. just just asking, like, does anybody else experience that? Do you think that's kind of yes. out of the ordinary? Yeah, yeah. No. I've, I've experienced. No, no, that, that, no. Yeah. And, and that's I'm, what I was a that's what I was alluding to earlier. How there there are sectors of people uh, of men in particular in the IT sector would be in the gaming and the and those kind of sectors that that have very negative views about Eidos men in particular and the, and their reasons are multivariate. Uh, one of them being, frankly, sexual competition. Now I'll leave it at that. Okay. Ooh, I, I had a point I wanted to um, make about that in relation to both of their, their statements. There's a large, I say one of the largest black nerd groups called Planet planet jobin there were hmm. posts made by black women about um white costume superheroes their body shapes and how hmm. they would like to do things to them and i noticed the post had overwhelmingly positive responses like hmm. and if anybody said anything against the post oh y'all are butthurt y'all are butthurt hmm. but when a black male made a poster about any any race of costume superhero and said anything attractive the word incel was thrown out immediately mm. wow yeah yeah, yeah. i i, I, I um, kind of got kicked out of that group a long yeah, time ago so did i i got i got i got put out for calling that out i got put out for calling that out and they called me an incel and i got two kids it was funny wow 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 you just see like random posts from you know people that you have on your your facebook page and I, most of the people on my my facebook page if you want to talk about women are are college educated highly college educated you'll just see just disgusting rhetoric being said about black men in general and you yeah. just wonder where this thought process come from from a supposedly college educated women mm -hmm. you know? absolutely and that's interesting you say that because i actually do see it coming from students as well uh, but i don't think it started with them but i do think they've they've ingested this and it's become somewhat of a norm in certain circles mm -hmm. And too many circles, I really should say. Too many. And one thing and I also want to say is that, you know, even though we're inside like you know, like anime groups, comic groups, or anything like that, mm -hmm. full of black mm -hmm. people, right. those are the posts that get the most interactions. Mm -hmm. They'll get mm -hmm. more interactions than any other post on those groups. And I find that very interesting. Yeah. Why why is there so many females inside these groups? That's what I'm curious about. Number they one, claim because... that they like show they, they claim they like anime and video games now. They because didn't like them when looking... I was kids. Because they're looking for men. Uh oh. <laughs> they're, look, they're looking for they're looking for simps. They're looking for, for benefactors. And they're ugly. You know. <laughs> they're, no, man, I'm just telling the truth. A lot of them are ugly. 
See, a lot of those groups are havens for anybody who's who has some type of misandry or they're supporters of the LGBT. I had a guy arguing with me up and down. Why is it okay for Robin Tim Drake to be five, which means gay? And I had to look on his platform. I was like, oh, no matter why, because, you know, to put it in a nice way, his nickname was Sugarfoot. So I'm just looking at this like, yeah. like, why, why are you here? Because half of you don't even read the comic. And, and the idiot was like, well, did you even read the comic? Yeah, it sucked. Mm. I said, yeah, it was terrible writing. Oh. But you, you get into these caves where if you're not in greens with any chick and it's like nobody likes it. You're not allowed to have an opinion. And there's many a times I said some choice words to everybody and I said, please, try me. Mm. Well, let me let me add this. I think many of us are, are, are now familiar with the latest social media scandal in regard to misandry. And that's been uh, uh, the stuff we've been seeing coming out of Clubhouse, right? Um, mm-hmm. Some of the discussions there by so-called divesters that uh, yeah. you know are talking about black men, uh, talking about you know uh, how, how much of a problem black men are and how they're trying to get away from black men and so on and so forth. I mean, I look at these, I look at those kind of things in the same tradition in many ways as these troll farms, but um, these are not just blank people behind a camera. You can actually hear voices. You can hear the intensity of the hatred for black men. Um, and, and, and really it's become so common, like I showed earlier, you know, everyday posts are now littered with this kind of misandry, right? So where we are with this anybody else hear the the, the clubhouse uh, breakdown yeah i heard, I heard that, one man. on uh, twitter yeah. i think i think either you or bgs posted it on twitter and i heard it yeah the, the one yeah. where there where cop actually entered into the an fray and and uh exactly that and, and talked about it uh, about uh, turning uh, pointing these people out or, or or getting rid of the certain groups of men mm-hmm. yeah Yep. Wait a minute. What? Suppose it. We the supposed cop. We don't know. You know, it's clubhouse is actually audio, so you don't know who who's who's who. Mm-hmm. And and what, I watch and, a, what did he, and what did he supposed to do? Uh, well, he was he was talking about how they they need a whole lot of cars uh, because they got to lock up so many black men. These black mm. men come out of the woodworks and give them problems. Uh, and they just need a lot more cars, but he can't point it out because he'll be called a sexist if he does. And the black women, quote unquote, in that uh, clubhouse started uh, basically aligning with him, talking mm-hmm. about how they understood what he was saying. They agreed, um, so on and so forth. So you, you had this kind of alignment between black women who consider themselves divestors mm-hmm. from black men and white cops who want to see more black men go to prison. OK, let me let me. Let me reenact this. Um, I'm going to come into the conversation as a black police officer and say, they're effing crazy. Mm. Like, how how do you... And, 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 and... Oh, my God. How do you... 
you you cannot you cannot one make a conscious thought other than seeing seditious traitor. Mm. That's the first thing that comes to mind, seditious traitor. But yet, oh. when when they're in a time of need or natural disaster, Uh-oh. they're going to look for us to pull them out the the danger. You know, uh, interestingly enough, I never even heard of this Clubhouse app until I, I saw the video by Tone Talks. Yeah, Did you guys see that video? I'm not no. sure which one. He he made a video about. Maybe late last year, I want to say, or maybe earlier this year. Probably earlier this year. Discussing the same, yeah, discussing mm. the same exact issues of this sort of rhetoric being, uh, you know, kind of spread around through a clubhouse. I, I never even heard oh, yeah. of the platform. Yeah, no, his his. I, I think if I remember correctly, yeah, his big problem was how how much misinformation could be spread and nobody referring to data, nobody citing anything. It, it, it became one of those places where just opinion took the place of fact with no pushback, right? Um, specifically rhetoric ag- against black men, heterosexual black men. Right, right. Absolutely. If you do push back against that rhetoric, you'll get banned. So is mm. that. And, and that's, that's one of the reasons that, no, you're right. And that's one of the reasons that uh, black men definitely have to keep producing their own content because otherwise you let everybody else tell our story or t- tell our narratives and that becomes even further marked as fact. And nobody actually hears what black men have to say themselves. So it's that much important. Um, and that's why I appreciate you guys being willing to come up and, and speak out because uh, we have to cultivate these voices. We have to keep these, these narratives and discussions going. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's why I've said before, you know, I think at some point we, we've got to, and, you know, I don't have a legal background, but. Mm-hmm. At some point, we've got to begin to formally take on black women in court. Oh yes, I, I saw know. that, and yeah. I saw the professors didn't. Uh, the professor didn't take that. They didn't. Uh, well. <laughs> he didn't take that well. Some, some of Doctor Johnson's brethren. Yes. <laughs> no, you didn't do that. <laughs> no, you didn't do that. His, his colleagues he did not yeah. respond kindly to my. Uh, no. Brethren. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you dropped the hammer. Ain't nobody ready for that hammer. <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying to plant the seed, brother. You know, because I, as I look at things and what you present here, I, I just see attacks coming from so many different directions mm-hmm. and at so many scales, great and sc- great and small, whether it's, you know, Facebook and, and the, these uh, trolling accounts and Clubhouse, certainly all the Miss Andrews uh, policy making. You know, at, at some point, <laughs> you're not going to be able to run away from. You're not going to be able to go to this platform, then go to that platform. They're going to follow you wherever they go. Yeah. And and, and the and the weaker you are, the harder they're going to press you. The more encouragement that's going to give them to try to destroy you. Mm-hmm. And, and I think if Suddenly, black women in particular were made afraid of black men attacking them in court because mm-hmm. of the particular misandrous activity that they engage in and help to promote in alliances with uh, with outside groups and companies and governments. 
I think that would have a chilling effect on the behavior of a lot of black women. Well, and I even, I even think that needs to be the case in terms of uh, abuse. I think uh, yes. black men need to be more, more litigious about abuse uh, because part of what I think is happening with the abuse of men is that women have grown up, you know, not being told that what they can, what, whatever they do is not abuse. What men do that's considered violent or, or even just verbally problematic is considered abusive. But what women do is not. And I think that's the way we've all been trained. So I've seen black men take blows to the face and look at each other and say, well, you know, that's just how women are. Yeah. As opposed to the way women respond, if you, you know, if you touch hers, you're going to jail. We have to become far more litigious than that because I think women need to learn there are consequences for your behavior, especially when it comes to mistreating black boys and men. It starts very early. I had my ex tell me today her son was in the classroom and this little girl was raising hell like some Stone Cold Steve Austin stuff. Going around the classroom, decides to take her son, attempt to stab him with a pen, then slaps him in the face. And at first, he's like, look, you do it again, I'm going to slap you back. So she tries to swing again. All you heard from what I hear from the reports, all you heard was cacao. And that's when the teachers wanted to intervene. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But nothing up to that point counted, right? Yep. Now, I found a clip of what we were talking about a little earlier. I'm going to see if I uh, let me play some of this um, and you guys can respond as you see fit. Uh, let's see. Eight or ten cars with two cops in each car. That's sometimes not enough because they come out of the woodwork and, and you guys are taking... You guys are taking the heat that a lot of people wouldn't, you know. You guys hear that? Hats off to you and... and I hear it. I'm trying not to cuss. Keep it up because that's the only way it's going to it's gonna get out. Because if I say anything, you know, you guys have said it. I'm just, I'm just a racist. And get the fuck out of here. You know what you're talking about. Yeah, and it's it's on the we're we're aware of that. Like that's why we we have the policy that we have in this room. And I, I don't know how many of the other rooms, the vestment rooms you've been in. Um, that vestment, I don't I don't know how long you guys have been on these channels or whatever. But that divestment is us black women completely wanting to remove ourselves from black men and black culture altogether because of these reasons that we talked about. And um, it's a very scary situation. It is a very real and present threat, like at all times. Like we cannot even have these conversations with family members. Sometimes, even that itself is dangerous. If they're a mammy or if they're black male identified, like, and we and we had a really good room about you know cult behavior, and I akin it to us leaving a cult because if we are outed as a divestment woman, we could literally be spied upon, be reported back on, and it could be an issue. It could be a problem. Like, it almost feels like we're being whistleblowers to an issue at this point. And we have to, like, be shrouded in mystery and talk about these things because 
if if no one talks about it nothing gets done but it's not even that just just our presence itself the fact that we refuse to be associated with them is already like too much for some people to handle okay so y'all just yeah any thoughts about that so they let it ain't so this jackass really came up here and talked about arresting black males when number one since he's this openly racist officer who needs to be locked underneath the jail trying to impress seditious traitors and and I'm listening to this divestment speech like like they're in the underground railroad or something like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like like Mm -hmm. We need to rescue these women. First and right. foremost, majority of the crime that happens in the community is because they incentivized it. Man, that was timely. <sighs> and I'm, I'm like, a lot of the crime is incentivized. How many times have you seen a lot of black mothers tell their kids or grandmothers in some cases they need to go out there and sell drugs and make some money? Mm. How many times have they pulled their kids out of school? Mm. They never. They always tell. They're not even telling half truths, that which is actually kind of respectful. Respectful. They tell mm-hmm. quarter truths. What, what's the danger of being in the black community? That you call the police. That a lot of black men are going to be harassed, mm. or attempt, or even the attempt for harassment. And there's time, and there's and there's enough times when they are the ones who end up getting arrested themselves. Mm. What what is the danger? Because last time I checked, the most dangerous place for a black child is in a single mother home. Mm. But go ahead, Doc. No, I'm, I want to hear y'all at this point in terms. Well, let's, of this. let's let's really think about. Oh, and, and let's to to help kind of see what was going on there maybe more clearly. So now imagine a scenario in which in this environment of the Manosphere, we were inviting, I don't know, white women or whatever in mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. White women who, who hated black women, mm-hmm. who, who were legally empowered to arrest black women, were legally empowered to, in some cases, kill and even get away with killing black women what would be going on in this environment right now yeah. if that yeah. were occurring right we wouldn't have that's what mind. they that's what they were doing that's mm-hmm. what they were doing right and they got whole groups sanctioned for that activity and and and, and a white man can feel comfortably can can comfortably go like a white woman could just comfortably stroll in this environment and say look you know i know you all are hateful and fearful of black women i'm doing the best i can but there isn't enough of us to capture them and lock them up and kill them Mm -hmm. uh so we really applaud you white women for for valiantly uh you know selling out your own your own women we really applaud you black men for selling out your own women, your own, your own brothers, mm-hmm. your own cousins, maybe your fathers, you know, black men. I mean, we, so imagine if we did that to black women, mm. what would the response be to this environment? 
I mean, think think about it. It just reminds me of the Doja Cat situation. I know that's not anything major, but she was in a majority white male racist space like 4chan and Omegle chats, mm. listening to them talk in black about black males in an extremely racist, misandrous matter manner, mm. and was mm. it was cool with it for a while, and she got exposed for that. The evidence is out there, and she's still an international megastar. She mm. still has a career. It didn't have it didn't have that much of an effect of it on her versus somebody else. Mm-hmm. So they're they're cool in those spaces and navigating those spaces and bringing those people into our spaces is fine. It's been going on for quite some time, mm. and there, there's no kickback. There's zero consequence for them doing it. And, and didn't she release a song sometime after that? I hate niggas or I yeah, hate you niggas or niggas ain't shit. Niggas ain't really? shit. Yeah. Yeah. And she made a song called Didn't Do Nothings. I forgot about that. I think that. everybody kind of seen that with Doja Cat. Every single yeah. male interest in her video was a white man. Like every single time she ever have a video, the interest was always a white man. Wow. Okay. So I'm I'm a so you got a black rapper making she songs condemning black women and celebrating and elevating white women. And making songs that, you know, black women ain't shit. That wouldn't fly anywhere. How, how would that would that work? It, why wouldn't that work? Because no you gotta you gotta elevate those queens, you know. Even though there was only one queen in the kingdom, you they all queens, man. See, one of the yeah. reasons why I think you have to we have to begin to sue them is to really present in a formal way the high extreme levels of hypocrisy that that are being sanctioned throughout all all media all government business i mean just blatant hypocrisy blatant bigotry right is is just manifested in so many different ways in so many different environments that there's just no way, you know, I mean, we're, we're being cornered essentially every day. Black men are being cornered. And at some point, you got to fight back. Mm. You can't just hide. You can't just avoid. You know, you can't just say, you know, uh, well, all of, all of all the black women in my life, Dr. Johnson has really taken good care of me. Right. This is only online. <laughs> Y'all don't get you out. Can't, you can't out. say that. Mm. Yeah. Well, my question is, uh, all right, so we know that there are clearly uh, these kind of people that will produce this kind of content. And then what we hear is, well, they're they're just a small, crazy group, and, you know, they, they're not to be really paid attention to. But my question is, at what point do, you know, the kind of women that don't support this at what point do we ask them or expect them to speak up? Now, the reason I ask this is because a number of years ago, there was a documentary that I was asked on campus at Fresno State to talk about. And it was a documentary that was uh, by black men challenging other black men to help prevent rape and, you know, and sexual assault. So wow. it was it was it was it was about the victimization of black women. But it was it was by black men trying to urge other black men to step in and kind of stop this kind of stuff. I'm like, okay, you know, aside from the fact that they completely ignored the the data on the sexual vulnerability of black men, 
there's this ongoing expectation that I've been hearing about in the academy for the last two decades about black men holding uh, each other accountable for uh, women's victimization or men in general too, but especially black men. But I never heard, even especially when the data was out about the vulnerability of black men, I never really heard a whole lot about holding everyday black women accountable for checking other black women, especially if we're talking about the kind of stuff we're seeing on Clubhouse, on YouTube, on Facebook, uh, the kind of stuff I showed earlier. No comments, no reflections about any of that. The only one, I'm sorry. No, apologize for that. The only one I really see doing that on a mainstream platform is a sister named Daphne Ford Sutton. She actually gets them out of here quite often and people tag her into those posts and she tears them to shreds. But she's only one person out of millions. Like that's really the only one I've seen doing that. Daphne Ford Sutton is her name. And you also have Pink Book Lessons. You have a few people that I'm, now I'm not talking, but I'm really not talking about content creators. I'm talking about everyday people. Because notice when I posted earlier, I showed you guys the Facebook post right. where you saw all this misandry. You, you know, you really didn't see a lot of women coming in there to say, hey, hey, sister, that's not cool. That's not true. You know, your brother, your father doesn't do that, blah, 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 blah. You didn't see a lot of that. And, and, and that's just an indication. I know you guys see, uh, you know, wow. plenty of other things. How often? That's- we see that's what you keyed on, Dr. Dalton. They don't love their fathers. They were taught they hate. If you can hate your father, you can hate any man. Mm-hmm. Remember that. Look, have you taught- had some real honest conversations, Dr. Johnson, with like female relatives and stuff like that about these kind of issues? I mean, when you, when you ask about why don't the good women, if you will, come mm. out and make a statement, Question I would ask you might be what good women and how many of them are there? I mean, I did a live stream on that with that subject right there. Mm-hmm. The reason why we don't speak about the, the good women, you don't exist. You're so numerically small that you do not exist. Mm-hmm. And for you to and for you to have this so-called large group of good <coughs> quotation marks, good women. Why is that whore culture still per- pervades? Well, why you know that Sister that... Code is really strong out here, man. That's that's the reason why. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> go ahead, Charles. Put it no, I, I, oh, I know. It's just that you got to ask these questions to people. Well, that's that's because, you know, we have to deal with you. Well, you know, Sister, the dealing with you wasn't that pleasurable either. Mm. But well, that's that's why I said when, when when you go back to the uh, what uh, that Facebook uh, 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 page is putting out, okay, they're actually uh, enhancing that kind of stuff. They're actually uh, fueling that kind of stuff and keeping that kind of propaganda going. Put it mm. this way: you want to you want to talk about everyday women's conversations, okay? Mm-hmm. I, I've spoken to BGS before about my family background. They're supposed mm-hmm. to be educated, good black people from Ohio and DC. Mm-hmm. My female cousin shot her child's father. She's free, no charges, nothing. Wow. Due to the circumstances, right? Mm-hmm. There was a, I got caught um doing something with a girl in my grandma's house about ten years ago. Mm-hmm. That conversation was a longer, stronger and more poignant family conversation. Like it spread to multiple branches of the family and people mm. in New Orleans, Detroit, mm-hmm. and several other areas know about it. Right. The situation with my cousin shooting somebody. Right. Not right. so. Right. Absolutely. 
That's the kind of thing I'm talking about right there. Absolutely. I, I, you know, that's why I've analogized our condition as black men to be akin to that of one of the many manifestations of the invasion of the body snatchers, <laughs> where we've been invaded by something. And yeah. it's like sleeping in the bed next to us. Mm-hmm. It, it's going to school with us. And, you and, know, but it, that's- it, it, it looks like us, but it's something different going on with us. <laughs> but that's why I wanted to talk about troll farms, not as the problem, mm-hmm. but as one indication of what is happening on multiple levels. Because mm-hmm. you go back, you know, 50 years, it wasn't quite as dramatic as this. This has been cultivated. I had a conversation with a with a, a mentor of mine. This was probably a few years ago. And um, I was telling, you know, telling her about the kind of work I'm doing. And, and she said, well, you know, it, it, that may be a little extreme. I can't say I've seen a whole lot of misandry like that. She called me a week later, right? She had gone to her hair salon, the same one she'd been going to for years. Oh, no. It does not exist there. And she called me out the blue. She said, you know what, Hassan, you are right. She said, I sat there for two hours and I was listening. Yeah. And she said, I've never really paid attention before. But she said, yeah. the amount, the number of conversations and the amount of vitriol mm-hmm. at black men was so extreme. She said, I've been sitting there for years. She said, I never paid attention to it until you told me yeah. what Zandri was. Mm-hmm. She said, and I was sitting there shocked. Now, you know, now this woman is, is in her mid to late 60s. So how many years of that has she processed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, uh, unconsciously. One, one thing, Doctor Doctor Johnson, mm-hmm. you explained she didn't know what misandry was until you actually taught her and explained it to her. Mm-hmm. So I think the inevitable uh, result of all of this, with voices like yourself, BGS, Doctor Ron O'Neill, Dennis Sperling, many others, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of men, black men that have half a brain, they're just going to walk away from the misandry. We're just not mm-hmm. going to put up with it, and we're not going to take it anymore. And uh-huh. you already see it. There's less marriages, you know, uh-huh. things of that nature. You just not I, me myself. I hear it. If I if I if I, if I smell it, if I, if I get a whiff of it, yeah, I I, I attack it and I immediately cut that person off. Mm. No, I hear I, you. You, you just can't through, tolerate it. You know, it's better, it's better than going through years of it and trying to work your way out of it with somebody you you didn't gotten tied with. Um, well, let me see. We got we got a brother named uh, Last Zulu. I'm assuming it's a brother. Uh, last two, can you hear us? Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, what do you think on this? What are your contributions on this? Uh, when it comes to necessarily the misandry that I see, like I've seen this stuff from my own family to the point where I had to necessarily cut off basically, I'll say a quarter of, if not half of my family members. So literally, I only deal with like a section of my family. And mm-hmm. even one of that section, I only deal with a few necessarily. Okay. Um, when it comes to the misandry is to the point that I feel like it's everywhere to the point I I, I don't really understand what necessarily what black men are, are really going to be expecting now because like at, at this point generally most dudes that I know that's in my cohort ring basically or in, my, in my circle mm-hmm. they don't, they live, what I mean they don't date black women is to the point where they just don't, so I, as I've seen it I just think it's going to get worse because Currently, mm. like right now, I'm gonna entertain like some uh, some Indian chick as, as I currently speak. But okay. there, um, 
multiple and multiple <laughs> dudes doing the same thing. Now, if you're talking about how the women look at it by virtue, if you're not entertaining them to how you, you basically may be trying to kill them. So how they look at it and I, I don't see how it's not going to necessarily get out worse. I don't see how it's not going to get worse because why, because how they view it, if you're not talking to them, you're basically uh, condemning them to death and you basically give you, if they believe they're going to be condemned to death, they, they have no reason not to go all the way out and do whatever they can do to basically kind of destroy you. Um, that's basically what I was going to chime in for, for, the, for the time being. Okay. Appreciate that. Anybody yeah. else? Any other reflections? Thoughts about this? What do you think? Okay, add one more thing. It's so damn popular, man, that it started to become overly um, profitable. That just my, it is, that's it really is. my thoughts oh, on it. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it really, it really is profitable right now, man. But this, uh, uh, they've they've rebooted the gender war and, and started to make a whole lot of money. And you know, uh, I think uh, they're they're riffing off the uh, the success and popularity of, of Kevin Samuels, right? So that's kind of put another fire underneath the what I call the second gender war. Mm. Know, just, just, just wider now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, would this be the third, or is this a continuation of the second? I, th- I, th- I think I th- it was probably the third because I think the uh, COVID kind of tamped down the uh, the second one. I think this is the third one because it's uh, m- well a lot more people and a lot different dem- demographics, male and female. It's actually multi multi. It's actually multi uh, racial because like, I have lived, I have a lot of friends who I who mm-hmm. I either. Hispanic, mm-hmm. I, 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 Hispanic friends. I got a whole bunch of Indian friends. I, mm-hmm. These dudes come to me on a routine basis. It's kind of get like they tap into me virtually by tapping into the manosphere. When I kind of relate small tidbits of information to them, they mm-hmm. come to me and ask me like, "Oh, oh, well, I ain't gonna say my name." They, they, they like Zulu. What about this? What about this? My girl did this. My girl did that, and I and I just tell them, you know, what they need to necessarily go ahead and do, and they come at the movie like. Bro, why why these chicks acting like this? I'm like, yo, 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 chick got like low level of misandry towards you. And they be like, no, you can't be saying that. My woman mm. will never do this. My woman will never do this. And and, mm. it, and it's funny because I'm looking at dudes from these dudes from basically different from mm. around the world. They come over here and all of a sudden they just they they, they chicks basically just lose their effing mind. Mm. And they can't understand why these chicks are losing their minds so hard. And I mm. had to explain to like in this environment, these chicks basically kind of hoard themselves yep. to the max, and right. they don't really understand stand that. Mm-hmm. 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 Go ahead and start singing that "This Is America" song to their ass. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 basically that's it. That's basically what it sounds. I'll be telling them. It's, it's being exported all over the world now because I keep hearing reports of the same thing going on in South Africa. The yes. Middle East, uh, Korea, China, all over the place now. I wanted to, I wanted to interject and bring one thing up. Um, I put mm. the link, I put the link in here. The Russians have actually opened troll farms in Ghana and Nigeria, and I've noticed that a lot of the disruptive, um, intersectional accounts and rad films on Twitter have Nigerian flags and Ghanaian flags in the profile. Mm. The mm-hmm. same goes for um, Lipstick Alley. And I'm like, it's wild that you keep uh, targeting black American men, but you wouldn't talk about dudes from your own country like that because they're about mm. mm. So wait, wait, you mean to tell me that we got people up over there on a continent making mm-hmm. posts for um, basically anti-black male, American male posts just for it can be shared over here in America. Am I hearing that correctly? It's called struggle bonding. 
Yeah. And fashion is all over the world. It's yeah, all over the world now. It's all over the world now. It's not even just localized here to the United States. In fact, for whatever reason, the, the, the African-American experience is actually be, being focused on, I mean, literally all over the world. Well, and that was one of the reasons I wanted to read through so much of the article, because I wanted people to see if those negative perspectives are reaching millions upon millions of people globally about black men, what do you think has been happening in film, music? Mm-hmm. On, I mean, whenever I've left the country, where, wherever I go, appreciate that support, Dr. Neil. Good to see you in here. Um, yep, you know, uh, when, whenever I've gone, you know, to another country, they have an understanding of who black men are. Uh, it's usually a negative one. It's usually one that's reinforced by popular culture, mm-hmm. but it is nonetheless the dominant perspective on black men as far as the popular consciousness is concerned. And this is the kind of stuff that propagates those ideas. You know, Mr. Z said something. Mr. Z said something a while ago. You were mentioning, uh, he mentioned that that there's an undercurrent of of resentment and jealousy amongst non-Ados black people for Ados people and especially Ados men, that we have a, a, a weird kind of position where we're both reviled and in some cases revered mm-hmm. in oh, large part because of our unique and great history mm-hmm. and our place being where we are on this earth and being at the center of of the 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 hailstorm of America the last couple of hundred years that amongst many black people, non-Ados people, there there are some bittersweet sentiments about mm. us. Mm. Of course. You'd be mad about a guy wouldn't you be jealous of a guy who didn't have to run from his country of origin? Wow. Damn. Wouldn't you be Charles. jealous of a wouldn't you be jealous of a wouldn't you be jealous of a wouldn't you be jealous of a guy who actually made his country into something other than a shithole? Damn. Wouldn't Charles. you be jealous of a guy? Wouldn't you be jealous of a guy who actually who actually freed his not only his women, his children, and his mm-hmm. entire damn country? Mm. Yeah, when you be jealous, when you be jealous of, when you be jealous of the men who made Marvin Gaye, <laughs> Michael Jordan, like 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 Dr. put it to you this way, we we we. Oh, I'll give you another men, one. Black oh. men, literally, black men historically, black American men have literally pissed greatness for centuries. He said, "Piss greatness." <laughs> mm-hmm. So you gotta really, you gotta really think about it. Is that I would be jealous too because number one, as soon as the as soon as they get off the plane or the boat or the raft wherever they come, their women want to be with black American men. Damn. So of course, so of course they're gonna have this angst. Oh, don't mm-hmm. be with him; he's a gangbanger. But it, but at the same time. You've taken all the economic, you know, stability from your country coming here. Mm. Because if you would have stayed there, you would have still been, like, think about it. Every time you come from somewhere over there, your country's unstable. 
let, let, mm-hmm. let's 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 look at it. Of course, you're gonna. Well, why can't black men uh, do what we do and we study hard? Because you never had the foot of white supremacy on your neck. They gonna say that's an illusion. When, especially if you're talking mm-hmm. about continentals, and God forbid, you're talking about continentals that actually live in like you know different uh, European nations, like in Canada and in the U.S. I, I run into these people a lot, necessarily in my work field. They basically gonna tell you. Um, they work harder than you. They better than you for, by virtue of somehow their culture is it does have its uh, advantages, and they'll just say basically by virtue that that's what makes them better than you. As yeah, they take all the benefits that that your that your people earned and and, uh, and strive for, it's yeah, hilarious. You know, and you know yeah, what I'm saying? Culture has not been able to go ahead and spread all over the world. That's like ours have. And you know what my rebuttal to that person would be. It's like, wait a minute. If you're so much better than me, why does only one city in your whole country have electricity? Oh, I mean, you just, uh, trust me, that, that's fighting terms. That, that's, trust me, that's fighting terms in that office. It would be the first time. <laughs> but but, last but, time but let, let me. Wait. Last time I, I checked, I don't I'm liberated go. in the country. So. I don't want to go too far down this road of of intra racial, you know, strife. But I don't want to go. I, I'm only making the point. I I think it's important to make the point that, you know, we we have a lot of adversarial relationships, most of which, almost none of which, we ourselves did not create. But but they're just multi levels of people. Who have some sort of resentment for us, whether they are white, whether they are non-black, but not necessarily white. Uh, of course, our women and even our, our non-Ados brothers. You know, I mean, it, you know, and, and they're all kind of different sorts of reasons, but very kind. They kind of overlap as well. Um, and you know, there's no place to go. There's really no. You can't run away from. But you know, see. But this is this is why I wanted to do this show on this topic because if you really look at this tension, you know, as you put it, this intra-racial tension we're talking about. The question the question can be asked: How much of this has been cultivated, and uh, uh, and, and 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 what would you call it? Um, uh, enhanced by the type of propaganda that we're seeing going out. Now, it's not to say that there aren't tensions. There are tensions between men and women. There are tensions between nationalities. That's always been the case. How much of this has been propagated and enhanced mm-hmm. by the kind of stuff we're seeing? How much of the the the, the anger and rage and dis, and the kind of dismissive uh, you know perspectives on uh, African-American men, ADOS, FBA, however you want to term it, how much of it is coming internationally is, is is really propagated by a lot of this media because again we saw over three million people around the world and it, it, it responding to these kinds of uh, pages. The tension um, is literally overflowing ever since the social media age really started. In yeah, my mm-hmm. yeah. I, I'm thinking if you did a study, uh, you'll probably find a direct correlation of. Uh, with this this sort of rhetoric being available online, and uh, you know the type of uh, attitudes that are shown towards American-born, you know, black men, you know, um, 
it's just getting worse and worse in my opinion. Hmm. And, uh, you know, we have to put a stop to it. At whatever cost, we have to put a stop to it. There's nothing good that's going to come about from this. Hmm. Well, you know, black men have, Eidos men have such a, a unique and indelible uh, presence, uh, you know, orally, uh, physically, culturally, historically. Mm. We have such powerful imagery. And that makes us rife for targeting of resentment or some sort of emotional response. Mm. Like if you look at or listen to a Malcolm X, you, you're going to have a response mentally mm-hmm. or emotionally. You, there's no way you can. There's no way you can look at Michael Jordan and not have a mental and emotional response. Or and there, and, and there's no way you can you can listen to Ice Cube and not have a mental and emotional or or, or Tupac or or, or Snoop Dogg or just on a, And because we're such we have we have such outsized charisma both individually and collectively it makes it very easy for, for to draw an emotional response to us so if there is some sort of jealousy resentment dissatisfaction anger or whatever it gets i believe kind of magnified yes by our own presence by our own charisma by our own power by our own phallus you know yeah. But also by social media. Yes. Somebody has to mute their mic. Okay. Uh, but yeah, and but magnified even further by social media and these other types of propaganda, right? Because even if it, I don't care if you're talking about uh, you know Terry McMillan films or or whatever, there's been a hijacking of the black male image. You know, because I said Ali a moment ago on purpose. You you know, if you look at the impact of Muhammad Ali globally, mm-hmm. you had a very particular image of black men mm-hmm. from the mm-hmm. United States. Shift that a couple of decades later to, you know, the kinds of films that we see going out, right? And and look at the shift in the image, right? Dr. Johnson, I will answer it like this. I've said it on my show and I'm going to say it on yours. A woman's job is to protect the image and the glory of her men. How your women view you is how the rest of the world will see you. Mm. And and I dare somebody to try to debate me on that one. Because yeah. look at how look at how the these women have put out the image of their own men for 30 years. Mm-hmm. The only the only time they will co-sign on a black male image if he's a no good dad or if he's effeminate. Or just downright homosexual, mm. pretty much. You gotta stop taking those roles. <laughs> yeah, I wish I, is the money worth I wish it? I, could, yeah. I wish I could say I was surprised about you know those uh, Facebook groups you were showing, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, it is what it is. And as far as the Africans running their mouths, okay. Say what you want about us. We're not wearing this. Damn. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Damn, you ain't doing like that, man. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sick. I don't want to hear an African's mouth. As bad as our coons, coons are over here, we ain't doing this. They, they ain't doing this. 
No, but back to what. Um, but not seriously. Back, back to the point, though. <laughs> no, no, I was going to say back to what Doctor Johnson was saying about like some of our greats that came out of America. It's never was a fluke either. We have we have been able to give you know show greatness generation after generation after generation. We had Ali, Mike Tyson. Roy Jones Jr. and Floyd Mayweather. Like, we, we always show our dominance generation after generation. Like, you know, I guess they would be kind of angry at us about that. Well, I, you know, but at the end of the day, I think a lot of it, a lot of this uh, internal strife is used as a deflection. Yeah. From, from getting to the heart of, of really, because now we, it's not only internal strife, you have a lot of internal uh, intra-racial competition, Mm-hmm. You got a lot of backbiting, a lot of debating, a lot of going back and forth from the petty to mm-hmm. uh, the profound. It's still a lot of tension. And yet, at the end of the day, are we dealing with the source and at the same time, uh, you know, calling out the realities as they pertain to what's, what, what, what really holds a lot of black men back? We have to be able to deal with the source and the reality, whether it be political, whether it be economic, whether it be cultural, whether it be media based. We have to be able to call this shit out and deal with it directly. You know what I mean? We have to have unapologetic speech about that. And we all have to choose our lane and and master an area of calling this out and and be able to articulate it. Because at the end of the day, we need more black men to help us make sense of a lot of the stuff that's happening. That's why I Mm -hmm. gravitate to brothers that are already doing that work in some way, shape or form. Uh, So we got to be able to press it and, and, and really take the conversation uh, to a more critical place and and shout out to Taylor in the comment section a little earlier he asked about the state of the black male political agenda and I posted the link right uh, in, in the chat because I'm still pushing that you know I'm still pushing that 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 you know there's there there are you know black men actually do have you know political interests that need to be articulated and supported Mm-hmm. Uh, so check out the black male political agenda and look at the. And now these are not written by me. These are written by brothers like yourselves who have posted them from the show and, 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 and said these are the ideas we have to improve the quality of black male life. That's what we need to be working on, because, you know, as they've been saying, winter is coming. Well, mm-hmm. it applies to us in a, in a slightly different way. Than <laughs> yeah, it's, it's real. I think I, I think I cut you off, BGS. What were you saying? No, I was gonna say, uh, like they said, when a, when a white man gets a cold, uh, black people get black men get the flu. So mm-hmm. We got to remember mm-hmm. that when winter comes, we got to be doubly prepared. Oh yeah, uh, yeah I think absolutely. I think we get the I think we get the flu. I think we get AIDS. I think we get cancer. I think we get a broken <laughs> leg. Yeah. I think oh, we get man. I think we get jumped in the street and banked. <laughs> 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 I, I really think it's a little bit more than that. I'm just one of those people who my family have gotten to the point, especially the females, the loud mouth females have feared me Mm -hmm. to the point where my grandmother makes fun of the women in my family. Go ahead. Say something. Say something. Say something. Tell them that black men don't take care of the kids. (laughs) She's like, she's like, she's grinning. Like I had one of my cousins who's the same age but a few months younger, and where my uncle's one of my great uncles' um funeral, and she mm. tried to say, "Why you got that cigar in your mouth?" I said, "Why are you not in the kitchen helping get the food?" 
Mm. Come on, get. Come on. This is how this is how grown black men celebrate mm. death. Get out of here. She just turned around, stomping out. I'm like, I don't care. Go to husband yeah. that. Uh, yeah, they feel entitled for that you they can actually come into a room of men and command the room. Now and this then, yeah. This and is then what, what happened was she found out she was the subordinate who the commander was. Mm-hmm. But this is this is what this is what I'm talking about. Shout out to Stuart uh, D Knight. Uh, if you guys can see the comment on screen, mm-hmm. there is here already. The amount of young homeless black men I've been seeing recently is astounding. Mm-hmm. I've gotten calls from three different states in the last couple of weeks talking about mm-hmm. the same thing. And mm-hmm. I've been seeing this for especially the last year and a half. And, you know, brothers sleeping in the in the drive through of restaurants. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, homelessness rates going through the roof and nobody talking about black men on on the receiving end of this low level of status that the lack of access lack of support if anything we've seen articles about pretty much everybody else but and these mm-hmm. are the kind of things i'm trying to get to the heart of because if we're not talking about it who else is you just saw a kid he couldn't have been no more than like 17 or something man he was out there homeless out there in um crowley texas mm-hmm. where mostly mostly um, um some white people live at Mm-hmm. He was sitting up over there next to the freeway with, it, with one of those signs, man, saying anything help. I mean, he was homeless and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and the only thing I had on me was a was a dollar, and that's all I can give it to him at the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but yeah, I, I feel you when you say that. I mean, like, um, he's not the only one. I've seen a couple of other ones. I, hell, I haven't seen like homeless grannies out there with mm-hmm. yeah. kids walking the damn street. It, it's really crazy damn. out here right now. Yeah, that's very true because of the black community. We cannibalize our young. We we, we, we think about that. I don't Mm -hmm. care what your education level is. You're only as great as the fruit you bear. So if if you're bragging, uh, Rufus, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but but, um, it's funny. Your kids can't guess. Yes, eight. What, what was the quote? In the eighth grade, only ten percent of your boys could read. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 grade level, eighth grade. Like, like I'm surprised nobody has taken Black American women into the world court and sued their asses for crimes against humanity. Uwe was just saying that. Yeah. And I, and I'm, yeah, I, I mean, the, the school sue the women, the the school. Uh, mm-hmm. The school the systems sue the court that that give preference and deference to and, giving the, the boys to to and, the and, women. And, and mm-hmm. you know what I would add on to that, um, Black Yoda. I would add on how the court, how the how the criminal justice system has partaken into New Age slavery against Black men. How you unjustly take a kid who's white and black, commit the same crime for armed robbery. You give that white boy five years, you give that black boy 25 years, same damn judge. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a little bit, it's a, this is a little bit off topic, but um, mm-hmm. you always heard about the guy that was on one of those love and hip hop shows. They just committed all that PPP fraud and it was like 3.4 mm-hmm. million. Mm-hmm. Was that a guy high? out here? Huh? I didn't know it was that high. It was like three point 
four million or something like that, or three point yeah. seven or something like that. He got like but seventeen just, years. He got seventeen yeah. years. Now check this out. There was another man. I think he was out here in Texas. White man got hit for three point four, probably like three hundred, four hundred thousand less. Mm-hmm. He only got eighteen months. Mm-hmm. I'm like, like this. That shit is real. How about let's talk wow. about the rioters that that stormed the Capitol? How much time did they get? Mm. Oh my god! Uh, 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 well, I think the uh, some of the main ones they've gotten five or six years so far, from what I heard. Man, Ain't nowhere close to seventeen person, years. If a, if a black person sneezed near the mm. Capitol, they they would be ten plus. And, it, and it's agreed. <laughs> and it's funny because. You know what really pissed me off at the Capitol? There's at least four, three to four officers I personally know, two that I personally trained, who had to go through that shit. And mm. you don't call these people what they are? Domestic terrorists. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Well, fellas, I do have to go do some work um, before uh, the night is over. I want to thank all of y'all for coming up. I appreciate you. Um, you know, I'm going to leave it random. Anybody need to drop a closing brief thought before we close out? You're welcome to do so. Anybody? Yeah, I'll go. Yeah. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. I, I was going to I was going to say this is, is an interesting topic. Well, the thing is we got to find out who benefits from actually um uh stoking these flames because Right. It's one thing if it's inside the community. What thing is what do people on the outside of the community have to do with this stuff and what what's their interest in actually keeping uh, black men and women at each other's throats like this? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you, epitomizing masculinity. Appreciate that support. Um I think it was Uru and then Charles yeah. drop a word. Okay. Well, and, and kind of on that point, you know, and I said this earlier, you know, at some point you're gonna have to take on the policies of the social media companies that, you know, I mean, how, for example, why would these uh, trolling entities continue to perpetuate, especially given that they're not even necessarily pursued and supported mm-hmm. by their intended consumers? How does that happen? What's the procedure behind that? You know, mm-hmm. if you can, once you can, begin to attempt to maybe litigate or mediate what's going on, you know, maybe you can get to the truth on to some of the motives behind why these things are being done and who are behind them. And then you may also discover there are some, some interesting relationships that exist between those people and other entities and et cetera, both maybe amongst us as well as maybe outside of us. So, yeah, at some point we're gonna to have to take on the policies and directives of the social media companies to get at some of the truth behind this stuff. Appreciate you, Black Uru, as usual. Thanks for having me as always, Doc. You gentlemen okay. have a good evening. All right. Uh Officer Charles, you wanted to drop a word and then and I guess A B, I think you were about to say something after I'll that. Dro- I'll drop a word, hashtag black men piss greatness and wow. <laughs> That's a statement for you, isn't it? Um, (laughs) And look, despite all the turmoil, despite all the negative press, if it wasn't for us, this country wouldn't even be a country. Many of times 
We're the liberators of of slaves. We're the freers of children and men and women. Don't you ever forget it. Black men, you're, you're at war. You're at war for not only your identity, you're not only at war for your economic status, you're just at war to be a human being. Oh. Don't you forget it. Keep the good fight going. Be the best that you can be. And all together now, one, two, three. Woo! All right, brother. Appreciate you coming through. Um, AB, anything? Actually, I wanted to... Uh, now this actually comes from Charles, but uh, I, I lo- love this phrase he um, uses all the time. Uh, as black men, we have to be the heroes of our own narratives. Yes. We can't wait. We can't wait on anybody else to do it. Yes. Definitely can't wait on Halloween to do it. But yeah. uh, we have to start being the he- heroes of our own narratives and speak out when, when the crap happens. That's all I got. Oh, I appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot, man, for coming up. No um, problem. All right, uh, Theus, G, G, uh, G Money, anything before we close out? Um, I guess the only thing I can really say is, um, yeah, people might want to consider setting up a fund for Dennis Berlin to go ahead and represent us in this court case. We're about to go ahead and and, and get be a part of, <laughs> you know, since Black right. Guru threw it out there. Might as well go ahead and get that started. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but um, I mean, I just wish everybody the best, man. Try to get your money up, man, and take care of yourself out here, man. Nobody else ain't gonna do it. Yeah, right. I appreciate you coming up, man. Thank you. Thank you. All right, G Money, anything you want to say before we close out? Oh, you muted yourself. Not- okay, go ahead. This is a great discussion. Uh, you know, um, I was just glad to be part of the panel. Uh, you know, we, we got to start pushing back against this negative rhetoric. You know, uh, right. nothing good could come about from this. You know, um, you know, and you, you mentioned uh, towards the end, uh, even with film, you know, we need to stop accepting uh, roles that portray us as buffoonish or uneducated, mm-hmm. you know, effeminate. Uh, mm-hmm. You got to ask yourself, is, is the money worth it? You know, any right. sort of negative uh, media or, or rhetoric that that represents us in a, in a in a in a light that's not positive, you know, we got to push back against it. Right. You know, that's, Absolutely. So Absolutely. I have to say thank you, Dr. Johnson. Oh, thank you, man. Appreciate you coming up. All right. Um, appreciate you guys joining me tonight. Uh, there's a lot to uh, think through. I'd love to hear your opinions uh, in the comments section. Please make sure that you share them. Keep them, um, keep them uh, civil, please. Uh, nevertheless, um, oh, anyway, <laughs> thanks for supporting the Onyx Report. I will be seeing you guys soon. Y'all have a good evening. Um, and uh, peace. I am here to tell you, brothers, we are not criminals by birth, perennial rapists, incapable intellects, man-children, sperm donors, child support wellsprings, success objects, walking phalluses, ATM machines, lottery tickets, unintelligent henchmen, valueless assassins, pro bono mercenaries, unpaid bodyguards, interchangeable stepfathers, child discipline proxies, unpaid repairmen, workhorses, emotional tampons, or any other socially accepted dehumanizing stereotype. We are thinkers, inventors, innovators, leaders, fathers, and men. Embrace your humanity, know your worth, and extend your time, attention, and resources only to those who genuinely respect you. And remember, 
Your worth is not defined by meeting other people's narcissistic and selfish and unrealistic needs. You define your worth. Peace.